taking off in five, four, three, two. Yeah. So, we're, so, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the conversations that you guys would be privy to if we hit the record button just five minutes earlier. Yeah, just, yeah, just yeah, a couple yeah. minutes earlier, you yeah, guys yeah. would have been in it. There's, um, there's a lot of interesting conversations. But um, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll loop you guys in. So we're talking about, uh, you know, I told Tunde a story earlier about when I was at uh, Taco Bell and I was in line getting my food and um, there's beautiful woman walking down uh, no, the don't, street. No, don't, don't, fucking, <laughs> don't, don't code switch on us. Like, no, you, you know, they call code switch. Right? I don't really get, I don't really get me too. <laughs> beautiful, oh, okay. beautiful woman walking now down the street. Now you're censoring yourself. Okay, so I wanted I to, see. I wanted to, you know, pull up and <laughs> say hello. Yeah. There's some weather on the way. Oh, okay. oh that's exactly what you wanted My, to say to her. Okay. Baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna fucking start singing shy to her or some shit? So anyway, so like, so Tunde, you asked a question, right? Did, yeah, yeah. When, when, when a guy sees like a beautiful woman, at, like at the bar, walking down the street, at the gym, in line at Whole Foods, <laughs> wherever you may see her, and he plans to approach her, mm-hmm. what is his? What's his end game? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my take on that was, uh, I think more often than not, it's because you think that woman is a trophy and you're like, I, I need to show her off as my trophy versus just, hey, I'm trying to fuck or I'm trying to catch some head because realistically, you I mean, that can happen from it doesn't matter what the woman essentially looks like in that case i mean it does and it but doesn't right? show her off as your trophy how i don't know like, uh, like are you gonna tie her to the roof of your car got one <laughs> uh yeah there's so many jokes i can make off of that but i just know <laughs> that i will regret it later um no but yeah like you know it's like let's go to the movies you know hey let's go to uh let's go to uh starbucks you know or okay or maybe somewhere more formal uh fair enough uh but my point is like you're essentially you're trying to show hey because it it goes based on who anybody but it, it goes off of the theory of you're the person you're dating or the person you're with is a reflection of you right so the better ideally theoretically the better that person either looks or their personality is or whatever the case is is a direct reflection on you because you've chosen to be out with this person in public like that is your that's the science of the world this is what this is my representative i'm sending into battle and uh yeah they won't let me down i wish you guys can see my face yeah yeah what the fuck are you talking about why are you disagreeing with me so much you know i'm right jesus christ you know i'm right nothing you said is was correct (laughs) if i you know if i holler at a chick and you know you know i I bag her whatever it's not to show everyone around that look what i've accomplished no it's I mean, yeah, I'm going to talk about it in the group chat with the boys. <laughs> okay, but that is a how sele- is that different? That is, that is a select group of people. To That's which, still the public, though, isn't it? No, you said to everybody. You yeah. sh- That's your trophy. You want to show off to everybody. Yeah, but your friends. No. Count- no. Okay, so okay, so whether you show it off to everybody in public, okay, because you 
it's based off of what you value, right? So then that means you don't give a fuck what the public thinks, but you do care about what your friends think. Not very loosely, right? It, it's it's not necessarily caring about opinion. It's just it is. That's why you put it, it in the group chat. It's it's flaunting. Why it's, are you it's braggadocious? I, I want to know. No, why are wait, you dancing? Let, let me answer this. the question. So, okay. you see a really pretty girl at a bar. Yeah. You, you know, shoot your shot. Yeah. You bag her, right? <laughs> now, who's talking about things like they should be on the hood of your car? <laughs> No, <laughs> grocery bags goes in your in your car. I'm not strapping her to the hood. Uh, all right. Anyway, so you, you, you shoot your shot, you bag her. She, you know, you got it, right? Okay. You may talk about it with the boys in the group chat, which is like five or six people. Mm-hmm. And that's it. In, in the early stages, that's really it. Mm-hmm. Um, if it leads to something quick, like, you know, uh, you know, intimacy, and I'm just going to say it, you know, bluntly here. If you fuck, yeah. hey. Even better, so long as you didn't pay for it, mm. directly or indirectly. Why does that matter? Like, like, what do you mean? Why, why, why does it matter? If you if you pay for sex, why does it? Why does that matter? And if you're just trying to fuck, if that's really sort of what your beginning and semi end goal is, mm-hmm. then why does it matter if you pay for it? Now? So scientists have proven mm-hmm. it is a fa- it is a fact in terms of how your brain perceives taste and whatnot right so that <laughs> what, that when what, what website is this what, um, what website can i go check this out at? I'll, I'll send you the information <laughs> I, 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 I didn't just have it up but so it, it has been proven that when yeah. someone prepares food for you yeah it tastes better because you're experiencing it different it's a different stimuli okay how does that relate to what we just so Science has also proven <laughs> that, w- that when you book oh, when you book a bad one yeah. and you knock it down and you didn't spend a dollar, <laughs> it was that much well, better. Science has proven this. Right? Yes, okay. this is scientific <laughs> shit I'm talking about. Algorithms and yeah, okay. uh, Bunsen burners. Yeah, yeah. I'll get, I'll get somebody Schematics. from fucking Noah up here to uh, to fucking uh, break this down. I'm for telling us, you, dog. Uh, it's fact, when you angle, book a yeah. bad one, you don't spend a dollar, and you still bust it down. It's <laughs> that much more rewarding. It's a like like I my, wouldn't know. Like a good friend uh, uh, or or a good uh, uh, legendary uh, commentator once said, "It's science." <laughs> <laughs> you've never you see you've never watched Who Anchorman. Said that? No. Yeah, no. you know, Ron Burgundy would be the the gentleman. No, no. It's Anchorman science. is over. We it's were talking science. about shit that's overrated earlier. Yeah. Um like you said French culinary <laughs> was overrated. Yeah, French um, culinary techniques I feel like You overrated. said Nick Saban the most one among no, the most no, winning notice, college notice coaches that in history. I didn't say was, he's overrated. You said he was I said, I said Yale was overrated. Y- Yale and Harvard and yeah. all those. I think um, all Ivy the Ivy League Leagues are overrated. Yeah. Brown, um, yeah. they're overrated. Nick Saban. Who, mm-hmm. who, what else is overrated to you? Give me a, a short list. Shit. What else is overrated? Um, Shape Ups. Nah, those aren't overrated. I just <laughs> I, I just uh, purposely slack. Like wipe, the, wiping my ass is overrated. Yeah, yeah. I'm just on that. my childish Gambino tip. Uh He's, he's rich. What else is over? <laughs> yeah, I know. He can afford it. Yeah, yeah. If you're not rich, you cut your oh, hair. No, because no, he, he's been the same. He's, he's kept it. He's kept it the same over the years. He's also very talented. <laughs> Damn, that cut to my soul. No, no. Not, not, not that you are weird, not. But that touched my a, soul. Can, just can you sing and rap? 
you've never seen me. How do uh, you know? <laughs> I've heard your jokes and, and <laughs> <laughs> you can't sing a rap. I would not want to hear you what sing. What does me telling jokes have to do with me singing and rapping? You're, you're getting your shit crossed up here. You, you, you're getting a lot of things, uh, a lot of wires crossed. Uh, something that I find overrated. Um, the beach. I find the beach overrated. Well, what the, what the yeah. fuck? Can what I, are you, you doing right now? <laughs> you want me to explain? Can I explain? Sure, try. Okay, uh, you go there for a number of hours. You what? What? What, uh, what is your ideal day at the beach? What, what? What do you literally do at the beach outside of just sitting out and cooking like a fucking uh, uh, fish on fucking uh, Guy Fieri's grill? What do you? What do you? What do you enjoy at the uh, the beach? Well, I'm on a. Uh a nude beach in Brazil <laughs> where they have a, oh, okay. um, a in-water bar. Better yet, even a nude beach. You realize like 80% of the people who go to nude beaches. Well, no, I'm at a nude beach in Brazil where it's, they very, they have strict rules. No ugly people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, is no, this no fat is people. It's the same scientific site that you uh, drew your conclusions off of for <laughs> different site. Different site. <laughs> this is a uh, yeah, that was that was .edu. <laughs> this is, is dot, .org. Uh, is it .org? I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what this is. It's a dot, dot .xxx. <laughs> Anyway, I'm on a nude sand. I'm on yeah. a nude beach, okay. right? With yeah. water's crystal clear. Yeah. There's a there's a, there's a like a bar built like on out in the water. So yeah. you like swim up to the bar and shit. <laughs> you know, drinks are fucking amazing, yeah. and they're not like super expensive. They don't knock you over the head. But now you're just throwing shit colada. in there. That's just that's just we- the weather's. It's not too hot. Yeah. You know, partly cloudy. <laughs> It's dry heat too, not like humidity. I wish to God we had video so we could just pick all this up. You're you're very into this. Yeah, and, and it's one of the beach where they already have like the um the beach chairs okay. out for you. You just go you know pick your pick your beach chair and it, you, so you don't have to fucking lug your um uh your umbrella and yeah. your chairs and your equipment out there. No, they've yeah. already got the shit for you. Yeah, are you are you close to being done or you got you got a little more? Um, I'm, I can stop there. You stop there. I'll okay. stop there. Yeah, that that was all utter mm-hmm. nonsense. Uh, for one, uh, um, those are like real places. Fair enough. They're uh, they're real. Fair enough. I didn't make any of that up. It's very real. Yeah, except well, for the security, you know, guarding old fat people. Fair enough. The last time you went to the beach, what did you do? Did you do any of that? I'm not a beach person. What the fuck are you arguing with me? Then? Well, you asked me what is my perfect day at the beach. Yeah, and and the stuff that you described wasn't things that you if you fucking go to Ocean City, which is accessible uh, to us here. No like, one over the age of twenty one goes to Ocean that's City. That's a lie. Unless Clearly you have American. kids and you're unhappily married, <laughs> you go to Ocean City then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So so the reason why I call bullshit on that sort of not fantasy because you're right those beaches do exist right um the problem is is that they're not accessible they're not the beaches you would go to ordinarily right if sure that sounds incredible having a bar out in the water and just you swim out there and the drinks are incredible and they're not expensive what fucking slice of heaven is this this is uh punta cana (laughs) the dominican uh, republic sir fair enough uh but that's not immediately accessible. I'm going to go to fucking Ocean City. I'm going to go to Myrtle Beach. I'm going to go to fucking Virginia Beach, right? Those are all beaches I'm going to go to. And what do you do with those beaches? Dick. You don't do anything. You go around and you sit on the fucking beach. You just fucking, you sweat. 
you, it's hot as fuck. Sometimes you get in the water. Sometimes you don't. There's always a fucking shark alert. You never know. Is there's there jellyfish? There's never a shark never. alert. Okay, well, tell that to the 18 people last year who got bit by fucking sharks. Those tell are white people. They operate <laughs> differently. Okay. Oh, they go. White lives matter too. They go rain. to the shark <laughs> beaches. And then they get attacked and then. They wonder why. Look, uh, uh, shark bitten white lives matter too. Okay, <laughs> that, imagine making that a T-shirt. We need to make. That I'm a sure there is. One. <laughs> I'm sure because you know how everyone's upset and outraged these uh, yeah. days, and everything uh, yeah. everything matters yeah. all of a sudden. I'm yeah. sure there's one of those T-shirts. Uh, yeah, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I, I completely forgot. I, I dropped a fucking ball. Uh, welcome to the motherfucking fade podcast. <laughs> Yo, it's your boy T.O. as you know. It's your boy O-Rain. Real name, no games, no gimmicks. Oh, Jesus Christ. I thought I, I thought we were good to go. Let's just no. go with it. Yeah. <laughs> just, run, just, just run with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Let's just run it back. Um, now, uh, and uh, did you actually get your name right this time? I did. Last time you did. Last time it right, was yeah. just no gimmicks. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, which was, which is also good. Yeah. You know, it's, um, that, such things are true <laughs> about, about me. Yeah. Uh, this is the Fade Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, in case uh, we were having trouble uh, getting that through to you. Uh, and we are the uh, the one-stop shop for everything TV, media, and film related, along with any other goddamn thing we want to talk about. Clearly, because we just talked about anything else other than TV and film, uh, as well as media. Uh, we talked about some pretty nonsensical things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to lie. We're, we were venturing into some dangerous waters there of nonsense. Uh huh. But it's okay. Nonsense. <laughs> Drake. <laughs> oh shit. Yo, oh, so, oh man. Yeah, like here so, we go. Soldier boy. Yeah, hey, Yo, hey, talk crank about that thing one more time. Crank that. You, thing. you talk oh, about somebody who's um having a great month of renaissance. He's having a renaissance Ooh. right now. Yeah, that's what that's what I would call that. So, as stupid as he may seem and sound. Sometimes I do think sometimes, you know, he's managed to still stay. Um, Has he? Yeah. Stay what? Stay relevant? Yeah. In what way? Not what capacity. So, I mean, he still had like, I think um, uh, his streams on Apple Music globally in 2017 were from still songs like, that he made in 2006. Well, you still get paid from that. So it doesn't really matter. Oh, no, no. I'm not doubting yeah. that. What I'm saying is in order to stay relevant, you actually have to do something that's relevant to the times. Or your music is timeless, so it remains relevant. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying that uh, Soldier Boy's music is timeless, yeah. but... Oh, yeah, I don't know. Pretty Boy's swag still slaps. I mean, and... It, there are a lot of current artists still kind of like using bits and pieces of his, um, um, you know, it may, it may may have been a line from a Soldier Boy song. It may have been like a tempo or something, right? Um, to still have like 30 million streams globally yeah. in, 20, uh, no, he, in 2017. He's getting money and I can't be mad at him for that, right? Right. Now, on top of the fact, that, and like, again, w- when did um uh, the Superman saw, crank that Soldier Boy? Or, it was like 2000. 2000- 2004, 2005, yeah, somewhere like over ten years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. well over ten. And yeah. for and over the over the past like ten years, right? He's still on a year to year basis, not necessarily been producing new music, but he's been <laughs> keeping himself in front of the camera, right? It's not hard to do that these days, though. It's not hard, but with all of the people doing it, it's hard to keep yourself in front of the camera 
uh, to still be generating income, to still be generating streams for your music. Uh, he's, I, he's been clowned a lot, but he's also still been doing, he's also still been working, touring, doing music, doing shows. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so the problem I have is I don't have a problem with any of that. <clears throat> the problem I have is when he, you know, he's like, I'm a legend in this rap game. It's like, we can all joke and we can all have fun with it. But at the end of the day, Soldier Boy is not a fucking legend in rap. Okay. As far as maybe. No, no. Pop, and I agree. Pop music. Sure. Uh, I wouldn't call him a legend. I'd call yeah. him. Uh, uh, I, I would give semi him. Semi hit maker, maybe. I would give him. He was one of the artists that initially pioneered the transition from just doing music mm -hmm. to um, being an artist and like using social media as oh, yeah, a, a massive absolutely. platform. He was definitely right? one of the early adopters of yeah. uh, social media. So, yeah. and, and here he is again, 10 years later, um, not necessarily, you know, he has, he's not doing anything new on social media, right? Yeah. But he's absolutely uh, capturing this moment mm -hmm. using social media to, f to further everything else he has going on. New music he has coming out, um, uh, business ventures he's he's been taking part of. Right, uh, but but just like he everything is like else. The, he's like one of the most trending topics on Twitter, yeah, um, Instagram. Uh, he, he's like the butt of some of the most funny memes <laughs> I've seen uh, in a while. Yeah. You know, he was, uh, he, who did he open up for? Um, Meek Mill at Madison Square Garden like yeah. two nights ago? Mm -hmm. Hey, way, way to take a small moment, yeah. blow it up, and then yeah. you know use it. Use it to but your benefit. As all things with so social media, it is extremely deceptive, right? Because what that shows you is like, okay, name one Sol Soldier Boy song that has come out within the last within this decade. Yeah, exactly, right. So his his thing that he claims to be the most talented at, right? Uh, oh, I'm a legend in this rap. If you're a legend in the rap game, then how come I haven't heard a goddamn track from you in since 2006, 2007? Right. Same thing goes not, for LL Cool J. He's a legend in the rap game. No, but he's not trying. But he already has uh, his library speak speaks for itself, right? Mm -hmm. Soldier Boy has songs. He has like yeah, yeah, no, four that, or five that was a long songs. Shot. LL, <laughs> <laughs> LL Cool J has albums he yeah. has a history right an decades spanning history of putting out classic albums and songs right when you just take one half of one decade and you have a run that's a run and i'm not i'm not even trying to discredit him in terms of like you had you had a run like there's no doubt about it like yo fucking crank that uh, uh, uh superman superman uh, uh um well that was same thing uh it was, it was the same thing yeah crank that I was crank that soldier boy. Oh, that Superman. Man. Oh yeah. I gave him two um, tracks. Right there. <laughs> yeah, two. <laughs> I gave him two hits. You know what? That song was so good. It deserves two for one. You know. <laughs> um. But uh, then he had Pretty Boy Sweat. Like yeah. that is my Pretty, shit to this day. Pretty um, Boy Sweat. Hey. Who did it? She got a dump. Was yeah, that, that was it. That was yeah, it. Yeah. No soldier boy. Okay. Um. So it, he has tracks right that that were that definitely hit right, but. It was one part of one decade. The reason why we admire people like Jay-Z, people like maybe Nas, or isn't just because we think they're lyrically diverse or anything like that. It's because they have a longevity of, look, if Jay-Z puts out an album today, I bet you it's still going to be better than 90% of the other music that's out there today. You yeah. know? And, so, and, and to stay relevant like that, that's when you're legendary. So I think this is what you're doing is you're getting 
way too analytical, oh. highly analytical. You know, of, you know that's of, when somebody doesn't have a counter no, no, to no, your no, argument. No, no, but is when you this say is the counter too, to my argument, okay. being that Soldier Boy, nobody, nobody thinks that Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy thinks that. That's what I'm saying. You're supposed to. Even if even if you don't really truly believe it, even if you know it's not true, you say it. (laughs) Oh, right. But so the reason why that matters is because that's why social media is extremely deceptive. Right. Because if if it were just up to social media, Soldier Boy, like you're right, he's trending. Soldier Boy is like, you know, all of his videos are are popping right now, you know, and the memes are popping right now. But does that mean the actual like what has he actually done to gain that outside of fucking saying he's going to box chris brown or uh or to be honest right now i don't i don't know what you're talking about i oh so like what do you mean like yes he's using social media and on social media he's saying oh i'm the best i'm the greatest i'm a legend everybody no one's confused by that everybody knows that's not true it's entertaining though right no but what i'm saying is Okay, so for instance, there's a difference between Kendrick Lamar coming out and saying, I'm one of the greatest rappers to ever live, right? There's a difference between him coming out on social media and saying that and Soldier Boy, right? Yeah. One actually has the credibility to say it. The other does not. Yeah. The other is just we, saying it. Yeah, we, we know that. I mean, that's not, we don't but have But that's to, why I'm saying social media. We're not saying, I don't think we're saying dissimilar things, which is why I think we're getting our wires crossed here. I think we're saying this essentially the same thing, which is social media is a hell of a drug. That's that's the bottom line is social media can be extremely deceptive in, in terms of sh- telling you somebody's relevant when if you actually look at what they're actually doing, like in terms of what Soldier Boy is actually doing, like in terms of music or anything like that, right? What is he actually doing? What is the actual... And, I, and, I, and you know what? I would even say, why are you even saying that? You can say you're one of the best producers of all time because he's produced tons of fucking hits, right? Why so, doesn't he say that? That's the that's the more because that's, relevant that, thing. that's not the bigger fish, Right. It's saying I'm the greatest. Uh, I mean, people lo- care about producers, production, you know, Metro Boomin, uh, uh, Timbaland. Um, who are some of the uh, uh, fucking Swiss Beats, Dr. Dre, Swiss Beats, Kanye. Yeah. Um, we can go just music in general. When you look at Quincy Jones and people like him. Right. Yes. Yeah. Production matters. But the artists are the ones who are like remembered by most. Right. So. Mm. Yes, he could say, hey, I'm the greatest producer. But no, he's going to say, I'm the greatest rapper. I'm the most influential. I'm a legend. Because that's the bigger fish. But it's now, just so now, sad granted, when that's not actually true, though. Even though he's trending on Twitter right yeah. now, mm-hmm. we all know he's not the best rapper. No one's confused by that. What I'm what I'm saying is I appreciate... Well, why is he trending then? Because he's making himself... He's putting himself in the conversation. He's putting himself in, in what front way, of you. But, it, but, but that's, that goes to the heart of what I'm saying. How is he at all putting himself... Like That's like me going on fucking Twitter and being like, I'm the best rapper to ever live. Am I in a fucking conversation now? No, I'm not in the conversation. So here's, here's, the, difference. here's the difference. Yeah. Soldier Boy does have a large social media following, right? Yeah. And then when you go on and you... I have precisely... 20 people on yeah, I'm not gonna my talk about Twitter. That. Listen, okay. social media, he, he has a large <laughs> following. Yeah. And in this moment, yeah. right, he's also attaching himself to people bigger than him. He's saying, Drake, right? <laughs> Bam, he attaches himself to Drake. He's dissing other people. He's um, putting himself in conversations around other people. Yeah. So he's also tapping into their social media platforms. No, which, 100%. Which puts him 
right now among like the most trending topics on social media, right? Yeah. Which then that's obviously going to translate to his music because he's an artist, which is now going to, um, you know, uh, stimulate his streams, right? Yeah. Uh, now, um, you know, people who are booking shows are probably going to want to book Soldier Boy to make an appearance at the club, at their, um, uh, on their, at the concert, on mm. TV, whatever it may be. He's he's doing interviews on uh, Sway and Ebro and Hot ninety seven. Way to fucking use a moment to put yourself back in the limelight, even if it's only for another fifteen minutes. Yeah. I, again, I'm not disputing that at all. What I'm saying is we need to be and I, and I say we, but uh, it's a, it's a false sort of like uh thought or it, it's a it's We a, need to not think too much about it and just enjoy it. It's but funny. That, no, but that's I, what, what were you going to say? We need to be more conscious of of what we choose to pay attention to. You were probably going to say some philosophical shit like that, weren't you? <laughs> no, but that, that, we need to be more cognizant of, ex- of who we elevate on our social media platforms. And <laughs> you were definitely going to say some shit like that. You see, it, it, it's it. We've reached. I think it's fucked the, up. The genesis <laughs> of what what the the true meaning of social media is. Uh, well, thanks for making me sound brilliant. By the way, I, I appreciate the uh, uh, making me sound in sincerely intelligent. Uh, but yeah, we we really do. But the the main reason why I'm saying that isn't because I'm just like. It, it's because we keep rewarding stupid behavior, like like the world is filled with enough stupid things without us glorifying the stupid things to like an excessive degree. Right. So for instance, right. You might argue that, uh, okay. Donald Trump is a terrible president, right? Or there are those who think he's a great president, right? Wherever you lie on that spectrum. Right. I think it's, I think it's an unarguable, uh, um, position that, uh, he's not the brightest of people, right? Yeah. The reason why I'm, I'm a firm believer in that people like him can rise to the status that they rise to is because people choose to believe in stupid things, right? Or are quick to be deceived, right? And this whole soldier thing, like the soldier boy thing, they're two very distinct situations, but I believe they're born from the same place, right? Of, Look, I don't care what I, I don't care what the actual uh, the heart of the situation is. I just care that it's funny. I just care that it makes me laugh. I just that's because that's how you get somebody like Trump, right? Is is that again whether you agree with his politics or not, that doesn't matter. The reason why people identified with him was because of the way that he made them feel, right? He's 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 in his own stupid way uh, charismatic. Um, and I think that's what I'm saying. That's why we do have to be more selective in terms of what we choose to pay or what we choose to elevate on social media. Like, I, like there's one thing to see something and be like, ha, that's funny. There's another thing to retweet that thing and 20 other people retweet it as well. Yeah. So now I definitely agree with that, but I do think that, um, and I, I know I'm asking for a lot here in, in saying that people need to be smarter, right? That is asking for a lot. Yeah. It, you know, this whole Soldier Boy thing is non-destructive. It mm-hmm. is genuinely just for entertainment, and something uh, in the next week or two will pop up, which will you know take, which will knock that down on the list of entertaining things, and yeah. something else entertain will be out there. Non-destructive for the most part, right? You know, uh, 
Soldier Boy isn't affecting foreign policy. Right? He's getting his foreign can streams I, can up. I, can he's I, not affecting. Can foreign I pull policy. a magic trick? Go ahead. Can I show you how it does relate? Show me distractions. Period. And 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 look in now. But but that would be to say that this Anything, whole thing, yeah. this whole Soldier Boy thing, mm. which I think you know the whole Dre <laughs> thing. I don't think <laughs> that was. Serious planned and targeted no, no, as a no, no, means no. of distraction no absolutely not we're, no no we're willfully distracted meaning that yeah. we will gladly welcome the opportunity to be distracted and i'm not saying look there's a fine line right between when i like it's like uh who invited buzz killington right from a uh, family guy when you know when they, everybody be having a great time and then buzz killing and uh killington comes in and he just fucking kills the mood right i'm not trying to be that guy but what i am trying to say is that yeah this soldier boy thing is funny it's whatever but that multiply that in somebody's life like so for instance this is one guy on uh facebook of all things that for whatever reason <laughs> facebook he, of yeah yeah, all things. yeah yeah i don't know why you choose facebook as the platform where you're just you, that's where you want to post everything no uh, the only people on facebook are um no people no. over 80. what you're saying is very wrong there is are it? billion no there's a lot of people on facebook what i'm saying is and everybody has a facebook but the only people actually like fucking taking the time to like read shit and go through shit on facebook are 80 year olds and me for some reason uh no. mostly because i'm probably older every statistic out there <laughs> disagrees with what you're saying enough, in terms of who's me. on it and indulge how much me. you're using indulge it. me for a second um so he he consistently post like you know, uh, liberals are stupid. Feminism is cancer. Yada yada, right? Um, now, that's one thing to do, right? To 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 just post and do all that shit. But he posts every day, about twenty, thirty times a day. No, I'm not even making that up. Um, and it's interesting because I'm like, where do you actually have the time to actually do shit in your actual life? Because you're posting at such a rate that you this has to be taking up some significant amount of time in your life because it's not just what you post i know you're scouring places on the fucking internet to like look at it so that has to eat up a unhealthy amount of time in your life and i'm not saying that's everybody yeah or or is this is this how he's also generating income like no no he's like in the restaurant business he's you're 100 percent sure positive okay yeah well, in that case, then he's he's just been manipulated and um, there's like a message that he's furthering that, you know, the people who are creating those messages. That's it, but that's just he's it. a I'm pawn. Not, I'm not, right. I'm not I'm not speaking to the message. Forget the message. Like, forget the fact that he's saying all that. Right. What I'm saying is the fact that he's posting this much and he's reposting other people's shit and doing all this shit. That's taking up so much time in your life. Think about all the shit you could try to get done in your life if you just transfer that and 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 this is even i'm even going to say i'm guilty of it of trying to waste my time like i love watching you know what we do the tv and films right sometimes i could be working on some shit that i need to be working on but mm-hmm. i'm not because i'm watching some show that i've seen eight thousand times that's willful distraction you know yes so i mean everyone at some point in time you know several times a day many hours a day willfully distract themselves from the things that are going on around them in the world yes um again going back to the to the soldier boy thing yeah i think this is a moment it's a very entertaining moment i'm entertained by it yeah um there are other things going on that could have my attention other things going on that probably should have my attention yeah 
unfortunately, you know, we're not uh, perfect beings. Like, yeah. if something like this is happening, I'm definitely going to pay <laughs> attention to it, even if there's some shady political shit going on over there. Um, but, 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 but at the mm. same time, I am not, um, I'm not ignorant to the fact that, hey, I, you know, there is something over here more important that I should be focused on. And I, and I will uh, refocus my attention to that. Yeah. But this moment, I just have to applaud Soulja Boy for, um, you know, for 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 uh, using the moment to keep himself in front of the camera. Yeah, very difficult to do in this in this day and age, right? Everybody's in front of the camera, especially social media. I mean, you could, your smartphone is the camera, right? Yeah, and he's in front of everybody's. Yeah, good so for you. Essentially, all we're saying is, Dia Thug Dizzle, Soldier Boy. Dia Thug fucking Dizzle. Uh, yeah, do you think, man? Uh, yo, I'm not mad at you. I gotta say, some of the memes, yo, oh my god, yeah, they're uh, hilarious. The, the funniest one is like her or him. Where are you from? Her Waldorf. Him Waldorf. Because <laughs> everybody in Maryland knows that is far as fuck. <laughs> or the people like uh, you know from DC, and she's like, oh, I'm from Arlington. He's like, Arlington? <laughs> That's not DC. <laughs> or there's like ones where it's just like the boss is like, yo, uh, I'm going to need you coming on your day off. Day off? Day off. <laughs> Word. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. They're they're hilarious. They're funny. hilarious. Uh, upwards and onwards. Uh, forward always, always forward. Uh, I got it. You know, I got that thing down. You got it. Pack. Finally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's taking a while. Um, yeah. So let's jump in real quick to uh, this week. Uh, a few different trailers dropped. We we had uh, a few different things pop up. Okay, let's 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 break this down. Okay, as only the Fade Podcast can do. Uh, that's a lie. There's a lot of people who are talking about these uh, <laughs> trailers. Um, but uh, let, let's jump right into it. Let's get into the goods with uh, Spider Man. We got the uh, Spider Man Far From Home trailer with uh, Tom Holland and company. Uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts? I wasn't too impressed with the first. Yeah. Spider-Man movie, um, or at least like the most recent, the yeah. Tom Holland uh, one. Homecoming. Um, I did like him in uh, Civil War. I did like him in Infinity War. Yeah. Um, the home, the Spider-Man Homecoming movie, I, I was mostly unimpressed. Yeah. Um, this trailer, mm-hmm. still unimpressed. <laughs> you had me for a moment. I thought you were going to go in no, another direction. Um, still un- unimpressed. Maybe it's just because I, at this point, just because they're, We've been introduced to so many incredible characters, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, characters that we've known. Um, we've everybody. We've all known Thor for many, many years. We've all known Black Panther and uh, um, Captain Marvel and Thanos. You know, we've known all these characters, Aquaman and other motherfuckers from DC Universe. Yeah. But now we're seeing them in like a way that we haven't seen them before, mm-hmm. right? Um, whereas before, it was really just we were just hit with Spider Man and Batman. Every couple of years, new Spider-Man movie, new Batman movie. Oh, it's 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 um, uh, Michael Keaton, and now it's George Clooney, and, and, and now it's um, who Val played? Kilmer. Val Kilmer, <laughs> right? And then we've got Tobey Maguire and those Andrew other Garfield, yeah. fucking guys who suck at playing Spider-Man too. <laughs> but so again, now there's so many other way more interesting, way more amazing characters in front of us. So the amazing Spider-Man to me is just not as amazing, especially Ooh, in that. Shots fired. <laughs> especially in that, like it, there's just been a string of bad movies. So when I see this to yeah. me, I didn't see anything that's like, holy shit, this is not going to be another mediocre Spider-Man movie. This is going to yeah. be incredible. I didn't see that in this trailer. Yeah. 
I would call that a bit of not just superhero fatigue, but specifically Spider-Man fatigue. I think they're starting to stretch it now as far as how many iterations of the same thing they can put out so close together, right? So it's different when you have a Spider-Man movie from like the 80s and then you reboot it in, you know, 2019, right? That's different than when you say the this has literally gone through three re- reboots in less than uh, a decade. Yeah. Like in that's, less. That's a lot. When did Spider-Man 3 come out? That was what, 2006, 2007, sometime around then? It's like every two years since like 2005. Yeah. <laughs> There's too much. Yeah, there, there, it's just too much, you know, and I think they're stretching that. Like we, we give them the, the rope in order to do that, right? Where like we say, hey, whatever. Yeah, who's playing it this time? I don't give a shit. I'll yeah. still go out to see it. You should only be able to release a new Spider-Man movie in the same frequency you can have a new president. Every four years, <laughs> uh, you know, unless someone gets impeached and well, I think th- there's a when, reason when to drop last, a new one. When did the last Spider-Man movie come out? That came out, what, 2016? What, Homecoming? Yeah. Uh, 16, I think right? it was like 2016. So it was yeah. only two and a half years later. Yeah, this is one of your off from what you're saying. 16? 16, I mean, summer. It came out summer of 16, right? Yeah, and this is yeah. coming out essentially summer 18 or 19. Ex- yeah, except the defeat. There, it, except it, the defeat. It's not. It, it's too soon. It's still too soon. <laughs> no, now, I, I feel you. Do. I, I do now, agree. Now, yeah. mind you. So the the most recent um uh, Tom, what's his what's his guy's name? Holland. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah. The most recent Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. I think the timing on those makes sense, right? It was the Tobey Maguire, and then the very quick jump to um Andrew uh, Garfield. Andrew Garfield, and mm-hmm. now we've got Tom Holland. Wasn't there somebody in between? No. Just no, it's just those guys. Yeah, too much, too much, <laughs> way too much. Well, what I was gonna say is, is like it, it, it's not the fact that they've had too many people playing because we've had eighteen thousand Batman's, right? Um, and we don't seem to be as up in arms about that as we are. Because they've been good. Uh, no, even even no, the, the George Clooney ones n- with with Schwarzenegger. You're talking utter nonsense. Um, Batman Forever with him and it if was you, him. If you, that was good. If you hey, say hey. out of your mouth. No, I'm that, sorry. That I'm was sorry. a good movie. One I of might the, have to slap you. One of the dopest movie intros is when you see um, uh, uh, George Clooney come running down, like towards the camera, and then the kid who plays Robin comes running down too, and then doesn't like Batgirl, where it's like uh, Alicia Silverstone come, and they're all just running down. That shit was dope. It was it was as dope as the um, the 007 intros and all that shit. <laughs> Yo, I can't do anything but just laugh. When you were a kid, that was like, holy Even as a kid, I knew it was utter nonsense what I was watching. And Schwarzenegger as uh, Mr. Freeze? Yeah, he was the only bright spot. He was the only... He was good, he was good. (laughs) He was the only bright spot, no pun intended. Uh, uh, Everybody freeze. Everybody freeze. (laughs) Get the down right now, freeze. (laughs) <laughs> All right, that that was the only highlight from that movie that was worth anything. Him and uh, and it wasn't from the same movie, but I think Jim Carrey as the Riddler was actually pretty good. Jim Carrey is pretty good. I, th- yeah, I yeah. think the the broad who played Poison Ivy. <laughs> Why do you always disrespect people? Uma Thurman. Okay. Yes, that broad. Jesus, she's like, you know, I'm Christ. done with this. How, you call everybody else by their name. You can't call a woman by her name. Sexist. Pig. I just called her Uma. No, you, I, after I called her, you said that broad, that yeah, broad over that there, broad that broad Thurman. over there. She was like, you know, fuck all this 
shit in Gotham City. I'm, I'm going to go work for this guy named Bill. <laughs> he offered me a job. I'm going to go see what's up. Let's see uh, how that turned out. All right. Well, let's, let's get back to the uh, thing at hand. Spider-Man. Um, yeah. So un- unimpressed. Yeah. I, I'm not. not uh, but tr- this has been a trend now of trailers that I've been very unimpressed for. And yeah. it's because I really don't have any connection to them. I was thinking like, okay, so I think one of the reasons why nobody's really excited for Miss Marvel um, do I have that Captain right? Marvel? Captain Marvel. I don't <laughs> Miss know. Marvel. Whoops. Is she a, uh, your, your teacher? Your substitute <laughs> teacher? With the no, nice there's, there's something. There's, yo, okay. Miss Marvel's teaching a day. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, <laughs> you always take it a little bit too far. You always go, yes, go yes, a bit too far. Dark times. <laughs> <laughs> You're the person who said it. What do you mean? <laughs> um, but you, rem- you always had that one. There was, yeah, come on. There yeah. was always that one substitute teacher. Yeah. That you were like, yes, like I can't. I'm so happy she's. But uh, that's the recent college graduate. Yeah, it's like yes, <laughs> yes. And they always teach English too. Yeah, they it's were always, always English, English teachers, teachers or like yeah, yeah. like history or some yeah, some shit yeah, like yeah. literature. It was never like uh, it was never like fucking you know math. Like yeah, you, you always had somebody that was the worst. I never had one of those substitute teachers who like fucked the students, you know, like you're seeing all in the news. I would hope not, because that I, I don't what? know what the statue of limitation is on that. I uh, wanted one of those. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Although it's a very interesting question, right? Because it's like all thirteen. Well, I'm not gonna say all thirteen year old boys. That's that's too much of a generalization. But but then it, it's it's like weird, right? Because it's like application versus fantasy, right? If you think about it, like you're like, oh yeah, when I was a kid, I would have loved that. But if you really think about that, that might have fucked you up. Having that experience that young uh, might have fucked you up. I, I would have dealt with it. <laughs> so <laughs> what, do you, what do you want um, to show me? Here? What I'm doing, I'm showing Tunday the the picture of all of the um the the list of teachers in 2017 that mm-hmm. have gotten caught sleeping with their students. Yeah, and it is what uh, I think they're. 15 women here yeah all of them are like white women between the age of i think it was like 25 and 35 uh, definitely uh there, there's definitely a lot of psychological shit happening in that in that photo i'm yeah. not lie to you where were they <laughs> when i was in high school because a couple of them but you see it's weird that we this we one t- here <laughs> no well no what uh bottom bottom left bottom right uh, i'm not even gonna entertain this yeah. uh, uh so the 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 Weird thing is, we we will say that right, but then we'll say R. Kelly's a piece of shit. Those two things couldn't exist in the <laughs> same space and time. <laughs> yeah. Fuck R. Kelly. Damn, I wish I had one of those those, those boy fucking <laughs> substitute teachers when I was in high school. <laughs> I I know there's a lot of conflict in those those beliefs, but um. It just is what it is. It is what it is. It's, it's like being a, a a Mexican Donald Trump supporter right now. It's just like you know, hey, I like what I like. What I gotta uh, like it. Um. All right. So, uh, Spider Man Far From How the fuck did we get all the way over there from Spider Man Far From? I don't know. I do not know. We were far Yo, from that topic. Spider Man was Mexican. Yeah. You mean, he would uh, be far from Miles home. Morales. Yeah, he would be far from home because. They would definitely try and deport his ass. Oh, oh! They would definitely try to get Mexican uh, a vigi- Spider-Man. A vigilante uh, oh. Mexican? What is? What no, is that? Wait, you gotta go. There's no supervision. You've got something, some substance uh, slinging out of your arm. We don't know. Is that a controlled substance? You don't yeah. know. 
what is that? What kind of great, what grade narcotic is that that, yeah. you're, that you're slinging? You're literally slinging We're narcotics. We're going to need you to come in for questioning. <laughs> you're going back to Juarez. <laughs> fight, fight crime there. The, they're called the Sinaloa cartel. But I saved 8,000 people last month. Oh, we don't care. It, uh, it, it matters not. You're Mexican. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, all right. Yeah. So this is uh, wholly unimpressive, this, uh, this film. Oh. That's how we got there because we were talking about uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, I call it Miss Marvel. Um, really unimpressed with uh, Marvel's uh, trailers outside of, of course, uh, Endgame, right? But the reason why I was impressed by Endgame is because they don't really have to fucking, they didn't even show us anything in the fucking trailer for Endgame. And I was like, I'm ready for it, right? Yeah. Because it's like they've built up such a cachet of history there. That I'm like, you don't really need to show me. In fact, I would prefer you not don't to show, show me, me anything, anything. Right? You, if they could just air a two minute commercial where it just says the date, <laughs> the release date. <laughs> well, I think that's what they said. And it says Infinity War Endgame. I would watch it. Like, well, great commercial. Well, I, I think that's what they said. They said they're not going to show the, all the trailers and all this material that they've got going out for uh, in, uh, Avengers Four. Um, it's only going to capture the first twenty minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. And it's like fantastic, a, and it's like a three-hour film. So yeah, fantastic. that's great, fantastic yeah. idea. And, and, yeah. and, and maybe that is what they're doing with like Captain Marvel. Maybe it's what they're doing with Spider-Man. It's because I think there was a, a point in time when movie trailers, it felt like you saw the entire movie. Yeah. You would see the beginning, the middle, and the end. You were introduced to the villain. Uh, you were given the you know the, the the crucial point in time in which one of the characters has to make uh, you know. One of the, one of their like impactful, uh, very big decisions, and it's like, whoa! Like I got that all in the commercial. Yeah, like, I didn't want all of that. <laughs> Stop! Stop! Yeah. Now, commercials like, hey, we've got something really good coming out. These trailers are gonna suck ass, but go see the movie. <laughs> no, but but here here's the thing: you can make your trailer very suspenseful, but at the same time, um, not give away too much. I'm trying to think back to like maybe one that I, I thought sort of captured that. Uh, one's not necessarily coming to mind right now, but uh, give me time and, I, and I'll think of it. But <laughs> hey, that was so exciting. Was very, you, yeah. oh, I'm going to think of one. No, nah, I can't think of one. <laughs> like a true partner in crime, you definitely stood behind me on that. Yeah, no, I know. I got to. You did I'll not. I'll shoot you in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for this guy, Rain. He'll, he'll, he'll snipe at you. Um, but you can capture because all you really have to do, all we really want out of trailers is just epic-looking scenes and a bit of mystery mm-hmm. and some nice music. That's it. That's all we're really looking for out of a trailer. We're not looking for you to break it down entire in terms of like the entire thing. And but at the same time, you kind of have to make sense. Like it has to like make some sort of sense. Like yeah. It, and there has to be like a. Uh, there has to be a point that is like stretched from beginning to end of the trailer that you're like, oh, okay, I can follow this, right? Yeah. But don't give me all the fucking information, you know? Um, start, th- look, every trailer should just follow this format. Yeah. Start off with some dialogue, mm-hmm. right? Include a, in like a scene where like something crazy happens, right? Like you hear a <laughs> helicopter gunfire. This guy from fucking Police Academy over here. <laughs> <laughs> and then like someone says something like like you're never gonna get away with it and then that's the trailer 
The best one that, I that sounded terrible. No, that was good. Okay. So look, perfect example. Yeah. Perfect example. Um <laughs> the the first Avengers movie. Yeah. There was an idea. A group of individuals. Are you gonna like right? recite the entire thing? No, I'm not gonna start, but that that's it. Great way to start a trailer, right? Like like obviously we know the characters, right? Mm-hmm. And we know the story, somewhat of the story that's gonna but be. But that's told. cheating though, because you already had ten movies to Well, I mean Spider help. Spider-Man Homecoming has I like trailers where they're kind of pulling from like, hey, this is the story we've already told you. Let's let's recap that a little bit. We're gonna give you some of what's coming, and that's it. Well, okay. Let, let's to try to break down why we don't like the. So, is it's because you you feel like they reveal too much in Spider-Man: Some, uh, yeah, Sometimes I feel like they reveal too much. They show too. No, no, not not with other trailers, but this specific trailer. So this one, um, it was both unexciting, like yeah. the story that I am forecasting, right? The story mm-hmm. I'm imagining they're gonna tell. The, based off of where we are right now with this movie in the Marvel universe. Yeah. It's unexciting. Mm. And what what I I'm not sure how it ties into the movie before. I'm not sure how it ties into Homecoming. Yeah. Right? Show me the tie-in. Give me a a very, very blurred view of what's coming and then that's all I want to see. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, it essentially this trailer d- has no real connection. Any, and I, I guess that's purposeful because they don't want to reveal too much given the fact that apparently this movie takes place directly after Endgame. Like literally like moments after. So he just goes to Paris. Like <laughs> That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Delta was like, okay, well, um, boarding <laughs> gate, gate one. <laughs> They, they they killed Thanos. Thanks. Um, <laughs> group B boarding <laughs> like well, orderly fashion, please. One after the other. Um, yeah. Uh, so so yeah. I guess they didn't want to reveal too much from that perspective, so they couldn't like necessarily connect all the dots. Uh, so maybe that's why it, this feels a, a little bit disconnected. Uh, is that is that we don't feel that way? But anyways, I, I think we were both pretty lukewarm on Spider Man uh, Far From Home trailer. Uh, another trailer came out this week. Your fave, Punisher. Well, no, the actual oh John Wick shit three dropped. Yeah, but yeah, JC three uh, John, John J W. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, I don't, I don't know where I got that C from. Uh, he has a middle name. It's, it's uh, Carter. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that is completely made up. JW three. Okay. Uh, yeah. How do you think? What do you think? How do you think about it? <laughs> what so, did you think about so it? again, here's a good trailer. Why? Because. They <laughs> here's a good trailer. Yeah. For John Wick three. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna Okay, I'm sorry. Based yeah. off of like kind of what I like to see in a trailer. Sure. So they gave you the the backstory, right? Sure. You know the the first John Wick, the second John Wick, and they're like, This is where we are now, right? Mm-hmm. This is where we've arrived. They've given you a little bit of what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we know Halle Berry's in the movie. Of course, she's going to be in the trailer. We don't really we know that they have a history together. We don't really know what that relationship is. And then they gave us a small glimpse of some incredible action that's going to mm-hmm. be in this movie. Yeah, that's it. Hmm. Fair that's all I need. Yeah, tie it in for me, especially if this is like the second or third one in in line. Tie it in for me. Tell me like where we were, how far we've come, where we are now. Give me a little bit of what's ahead. Done. Yeah. Uh, I didn't enjoy the trailer simply because for one, I actually didn't see part two. Uh, so I'm clearly less invested. But also because I didn't fully understand what they were doing. Like, so they, there well, was like a. You have to see part two. No, no. Listen to what I'm saying. 
uh, they have the ticking clock thing where he has something inside of him maybe that they have to get out by a certain time. Um, and what, like, what, what was that a tracker? What, what, like, what was it that was in there? You have to see part two. Oh, is that does that happen in part two? Um, you'll understand it if you. Oh, but then why would you put that in? Like, what? That's not enticing anybody to see. Because the movie. this is John Wick three, right? And to see and understand the the third film, to even understand the the trailer for the third film, you have to have seen part one and two. It made complete sense to me oh, because okay. I've seen part one and two. Okay, fair enough. And then if you if you saw one and two, you'd like look at this trailer a little bit differently and say, "Holy shit." Yeah, it's about to go down. <laughs> Fair enough. So that's why, to me, that was a good trailer. Again, yeah. it it tied in the you know the first two movies for the most mm-hmm. part, like where he's come. It told us where we are now. Gave us, hey, this, this some shit is about to happen. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't argue with it. I I I'm not necessarily a, a John Wick fan, and that's not because I'm trying to act all high nose and you know snooty about it. I just don't. I didn't think the first one was really. I mean, it was alright. It was cool. But it's just like I, I can just go play a first action, uh, first, uh, first person shooter game and get the same effect out of it. No, you can't. Okay. No. Fair mm. enough. Mm. <laughs> no. Wait, why not though? One is just. I mean, yes, you could play some really great first shooter games, but the John Wick One is, it's a classic. It's a certified classic at this point. Yeah. Um, the part two. Wait, part John, John Wick one is a certified classic. The first John Wick movie. Yeah, classic. To you, it was that good. I mean, it is. Although classic. I guess all lists are subjective, so fair enough. I mean, like in, in when you look at movies in that category, right? Like John Wick, Jason Bourne, uh, Born Identity. Um, I, John Wick doesn't even. It it doesn't even like I I wouldn't even think to even put it in the category of any of those movies. John Wick would fuck Jason Bourne up. I'm finding it hard. To, like I'm just gonna let you explain. You don't think so? That. Yeah. Why Why would you believe that? What he's nice with the with the weaponry, boy. What you talking about, John? So if you so this is the, um I forget who was in the list. It was either John Wick, mm-hmm. the transporter, mm-hmm. um, uh, um. Uh, Jason Bourne mm-hmm. or Ben Affleck's character from The Accountant? Who would win in a fight? Who would you take in a fight? Well, I'm biased because, uh, yeah, I, I would think the the series that I'm most intimately familiar with is Bourne, but I'm open to be persuaded. I mean, uh, this isn't like a, I'm not trying to persuade you. I'm yeah. just, you know, it was just a question. Who would you take in a fight? Me, I'm yeah, taking, I'm taking John Wick. Yeah, but why? Hand-to-hand combat skills. I think Bourne's better. Bourne may have better, um, just because he's stronger, better hand-to-hand combat. But if you put a gun anywhere near John Wick, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a guaranteed W. <laughs> but like, and these conversations are always kind of weird because it's just like, well, yeah, because like they designed it that way. It's just they spent years trying to come up with just creative shit creative ways for him to shoot people listen don't don't we don't need to overanalyze it okay it's a simple question who would you take in a fight you know what you know if guns were involved i'm 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 gonna make a t-shirt that i'm going i'm going jw don't think about it j-dub yeah uh i'm on board for this you have to see part two of john wick uh, yeah i do I, i i'm not gonna lie to you i did watch part of it and i just i just felt no need to to finish it up yeah yeah yeah, I know you, you're upset. I guess. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> you can see, uh, I was trying to hold yeah, back. You, Anybody like listening you, right now I was like, you were going to punch me. They yeah, were yeah, like, yeah. 
Uh, hey, what's he, what's he about to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I do need to finish up uh, John Wick uh, 2 um, so that perhaps I'll see 3. I don't know. Uh, okay. Um, so you're excited about John Wick. I'm less. Um, one movie that I thought was interesting. I don't know if you, you might not have seen the trailer for it, but uh, it's called Velvet Buzzsaw. It's a Netflix movie. I have Come not. On. Yeah. Um, it's starring uh, Jake Gyllenhaal um, as essentially, I think he's like an art dealer. And uh, it's sort of, oh, uh, it's same um, director that uh, directed uh, uh, Nightcrawler. Okay. Um, and so he's teaming up with Jake Gyllenhaal again, uh, as well as Renee Russo, mm-hmm. um, who is also a Nightcrawler. Um, Dan Gilroy. I believe Rene Russo again. I'm thinking Rene Russo. She was no Rene Russo. She was in uh, Lethal Weapon three. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. She's she yeah. she's a little bit older. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, she's, oh Jesus Christ! Um, you she, know, I, she was in Lethal Weapon. I mean, yeah, yeah she's uh, yeah, she's okay. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess the 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 question to ask is why does that even matter? Why you bring that up? I don't know. Ageism. <laughs> I was being very uh, ageist. Yeah, because I don't know. You see, like, you know, oh, John Malkovich is in the movie. Ah, uh, I know it's good. Yeah. yeah. You see, that's the first thing you say with John Malkovich. But with the Renee Russo, you're like, yeah, she, she's old. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that terrible? She she deserves better than that. I'm sorry, yeah. Renee Russo. You still got it, babe. You still got it. Uh, all right. So, um, so yeah, I was interested by this movie because uh, obviously Nightcrawler was an amazing movie, um, uh, and I was interested to see sort of what they are cooking up next. And at first, I, I watched like ten set about twenty seconds of this uh, trailer, and I was like, "Nope, not not going to watch that." <laughs> um, but then it got it took a hard left turn, and it was very interesting. So uh, I recommend everybody out there to go uh, go check the trailer out. Tell me what you think. Um, He's Very playing the next Batman, movie. right? Jake Who? Gyllenhaal? No. Um, Wh- who's at least I don't think so. Uh, no, he's playing uh, Mysterio. Mysterio, yeah, from uh, the Spider-Man movie. Which yeah. actually... So so he's going to be in Spider-Man... Um, Far From Home. Far From Home? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? As much as I like Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. I'm still not interested in that movie. Still uninterested. It, it, it makes me curious because, okay, we, we've gotten a... Uh, a sort of not a superhero, but we got a sort of a, a big theatrical run from Gyllenhaal before when he played uh, Prince of Persia. I don't know if you remember that movie. I remember that. It was bad. Yeah, uh, yeah Dastan. <laughs> he played. Yeah. <laughs> well, well I, I was just upset with that movie because they have Gyllenhaal playing. Uh, yeah, a, a uh, Persian, Persian uh, guy, yeah. an Iranian prince. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's uh, so what do you call that? Whitewashing. So whitewashing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's always put a stain on his. Uh, no, he he has he had a, he. I, I wouldn't say he has no stains, but um, there is nothing that's going to tarnish Jake Gyllenhaal. I th- I think he's the new. Uh, I think he's the new. You can call him. Um, what's it? What's the guy's name? Um, the the one that everybody loves and everything. Wahlberg, no, no, uh, <laughs> Brad Pitt. I said the one that everybody loves and everything. Not everybody. Everything. They people yeah. give Wahlberg way too much credit. Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. So um, everybody loves Wahlberg. No, uh, no, what, who, not Wahlberg. Brad Pitt. Uh, no, no, Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, and and that um, hmm. there is not a, it's a role. Bit of a stretch. Nobody really fucking knows who Daniel Day Lewis is. No, no I'm not, not the I'm not everyday movie watcher. Wise. 
I'm not talking about personality wise. I'm talking about the roles that he turns in. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody's like, yo, this dude's a fucking method actor. Um, He delivers on every fucking character that he plays. Um, He doesn't miss. And I kind of feel that way about Jake Gyllenhaal. He sometimes takes the wrong vehicle. Daniel Day-Lewis has been way more selective in terms of what he does. Jake Gyllenhaal is like, fuck it. You want me to do Prince of Persia? I'll do Prince of Persia. Yeah. Um, clearly, he should have passed on that payday. But uh, um, but in every role that I see Jake Gyllenhaal in, he's invested in it a thousand percent. You know, think of the movies, right? Nightcrawler. Uh, the movie uh, Nocturnal. Nocturnal. Yep. I did not see that, but I, so I can't speak to it. But okay. uh, what was the movie that um, he did with uh, well, he was Wolverine? a boxer. Uh, actually, I didn't. That was my favorite. But he still threw himself into that movie. Uh, Southpaw. Southpaw. Uh, the the one where he's with uh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman, Prisoners. Um, okay. Prisoners. Yeah. Um, uh, of course, Donnie uh, Donnie Darko. Ooh, end of Watch. End of Watch. Very good. Fantastic fucking movie. Like there, there's like I you look at his category. Like source code. Source code was I good. I really like that. You yeah. know, what? it's it's one of those movies that you're like, and I should hate Prince this movie. Here. Yeah. It was it's 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 a blemish, but it's not like a, it's not a stain because it's like nobody really remembers Prince of Persia, right? Except for me for some odd reason. Um, but th- when you think of him, you don't think of that. You so know? you know what you know. So I'm looking at his filmography on um, IMDb. Yeah. And ever since Prince of Persia, he's he's, he's been, been on selective. fire. Um, yeah. So Prince of Persia came out in 2010. Yeah. And all of his movies before that. Um, uh, it kind of sucked. I mean, there was Brothers, the one he did with um, uh, who's the guy who played Spider Man? Um, Toby Maguire. Yeah. yeah, that was a that was a pretty good one. Um, there was Rendition, which was pretty good. Uh, th- there's some decent ones in here, but uh, Brokeback Mountain oh. came out in 2005. Yeah. But ever since Prince of Persia, he's just been on a run. There was Source Code. There was Southpaw. And there was End of a, Watch. A very underrated Jake Gyllenhaal movie is Enemy. Very good movie. Strange movie, nonetheless, mm-hmm. and it was uh, made by A twenty four. Okay, yeah, that was the one. One of their earlier um, movies. There's that French broad that was in it. Uh, there's that guy with the bald head. Yep, yep, <laughs> that fat guy. It's yeah, very, very good description of uh, characters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, Yo, if uh, anybody asked me, like, oh, tell me about the film, who's yeah. in it? If uh, I was doing like a fat, real interview, fat guy, uh, fat guy, an old lady, <laughs> uh, and then they'll know <laughs> immediately. Oh, oh yes, like, <laughs> yeah. this guy is incredible. <laughs> Judy Dench, uh, <laughs> or whatever her name is. Um. Uh, okay, so Velvet Buzzsaw, weird trailer. Uh, check it out. Let me know what you guys think. I think it's a very interesting movie that Netflix is uh, cooked up here. Um, all right. Uh, we're moving full steam ahead. Um, what else we got? Uh, you got something on here. State of comedy. What you, do you want to talk about? So, um, so this is something I meant to talk about not too long ago, um, but time just kind of flew, and there's always something going on with Someone getting me tooed. Someone, uh, <laughs> you know, something in Holly, something bad in Hollywood happening to to somebody. Yeah. Some Harvey Weinstein shit, or <laughs> this Michael Cohen, some Trump shit. Yeah. Uh, there was something that overshadowed it. But it was um, uh, Chris Rock. He gave a, a speech at I think it was like some indie film, or um, uh, maybe it was in like celebration for like lifetime achievements for some comedian. A- anyway, during the the during the um, his time on stage, he had mentioned that like, you know, comedy is kind of under attack. Yeah. This is a bad time for comedy mm-hmm. because not only are people hypersensitive to jokes these days, 
comedians are also kind of you know censoring themselves because they don't want to be yeah you got to secure the bag yeah like you know hey i want to get paid right because you know they're doing this for a living right yeah um so they're censoring themselves. The audience is sensitive to to the comedy, to the jokes that are being told. Sometimes people are people are going to comedy shows in order to watch a bomb happen, or in order to you know they've got their smartphones out and they're recording the whole thing and they're waiting for that comedian to say you know a sexist joke or a borderline racist joke or an ageist joke or a joke against pan trans mono gender people. Like yo. We've got to chill, and I do think that's true. I, I think um, the comedy, the great, great, great comedy that was told even even just ten years ago, we cannot tell now. Mm-hmm. You know, Richard Pryor could never exist now. Like Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy could never exist now. I mean, they took down Louis C.K. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I'm just thinking some of the really, really great comedians who right now couldn't tell a joke because you know they'd have to be ultra sensitive to to these people who want to enjoy comedy but want to enjoy comedy in a way that doesn't offend the the 10 things they care about right and it's hard for a comedian to you know prepare their jokes prepare their set go and do their show and have to think forward about who's going to be at their show in their audience and what they're going to be sensitive to yeah that's scary yeah uh, no 100 uh, percent. i think comedians do live in a very uh very tough uh, era right now uh, yeah. because of uh, everything that's going on just in the culture, you know, and the, the, the zeitgeist, at the, as, as they say. Um, but I, I look at it as um, I'm not sure where I fall on it. And 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 I and I was actually pretty sure of where I fell on that and just like just let fucking comedians be comedians. Like that's what they do, right? That's where I fell on it up until like literally just like yesterday where I think somebody was saying something and it made me think, right? It made me think because, <clears throat> okay, Let's turn the clock back a, a bit, right? To like maybe during the Richard Pryor times, right? And, and things like that, right? There were other socially acceptable things that now we deem today as unacceptable, but that we're completely fine with, right? So let's go back to, okay, uh, maybe even a little bit before Richard Pryor. Um, uh, interracial relationships, right? Like back during, you know, before, you know, uh, uh, you know, even before and after the uh, like the Jim Crow era and uh, the civil rights era. Um, uh, you're going down a dangerous path here, and and and, but I want to I want to see where you're going. Yeah, um, that people couldn't, you know, obviously be in interracial relationships. Now today, that's clearly drastically different, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, if you want to marry somebody outside of your race, you, you certainly have the, at least in some of the Northern states that should be fine. Um, but in all cases, it, more or less, it, it, it's fine. Um, but that's different nowadays. And we seem to be kind of okay with that. But when somebody says, Hey, you know, this thing that was once offensive uh, or when once acceptable we're now deeming as offensive, then we turn around and say, oh, we're up in arms about that, right? Because, and and then it, and also too, it's like, okay, even take uh, people who are in the LGBTQ community, right? Um, you know, there, there was a point in time when, you know, their way of life was deemed, you know, uh, you know, um, it was the butt of a joke. Uh, it was just a butt of yeah. a joke, or it was just like it was like you know people looked at you as lesser because you know this is you know who you who who you are. Um, 
and nowadays clearly it's it's clearly not just you know i feel like it's a weird thing to say acceptable because it's like yeah no shit like it's just the it's just a thing you know like that people are and that's fine um and so it's like weird that we kind of cherry pick what we're like that's okay but that's not okay that's okay but that's not okay from both sides like yeah. it's, it's from all around it's weird how it's, it's almost like there's like we think that there's somebody up somewhere writing the fucking you know rule book for how any of this shit should go but really there's no fucking rules we just kind of go with whatever we put our finger you know lick our finger and put it out you know at the window yeah, see which way the wind's blowing yeah. which way the wind's blown you know so when i said you're you're going down a dangerous path but i wanted to hear you out what i meant was what i felt like what i felt like you may have done there was parallel two things that are you know still still different things right mm-hmm. so there's us talking about comedy yeah. just comedy mm-hmm. right and then there's the conversation about like other social um uh, things that were going on during the time that Richard Pryor was at the height of his 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 career, right? Like um, interracial relationships and homosexuality and blah blah blah, right? So those things were all going on at the same point in time. But I do think when we're talking about comedy, we should talk about that individual from other things. But by its very nature, we can't, right? Because comedy is essentially. Comedy it's, is it's a it's mockery of from real life. reality, yes. right? So, but here's what I mean when I say, you know, let's talk about it or look at it individually. I think comedy should be a, a place where, you know, no one particular group is protected. It shouldn't be a malicious place. It shouldn't be an insidious place that's meant to, um, like, you know, actually be a place where people are attacked and people are destroyed and people are, um, you know, tear, tore down again for with malicious intent. But I, I think just like to me, it should be fine if a, you know, a transgender person laughs at an Asian joke, uh, if a if a Middle Eastern person laughs at a black joke, if, we, if a joke is made about religion, um, you know, I think those things are fine. Again, as long as it's not malicious and, you know, if it's, genuinely rooted in the sense of good humor yes sometimes people are going to be offended by it but no one's safe in comedy i don't think anybody should be fair enough otherwise it's not funny fair enough and i agree with you to to a large extent the problem becomes it's very subjective what becomes uh something that's feels like it's malicious right i'll give you and it's ironic that you bring this up because literally i went to a comedy show yesterday it was either yesterday or the day before and can you stop playing footsie with me it's weird oh <laughs> move your foot i'm clearly <laughs> telling you whose foot belongs where it's not oh. footsie that's <laughs> territorial hey, fair, domination fair enough i just wanted to stop um <clears throat> so um i was i was at a comedy show and and what was different about this comedy show is it was uh, almost exclusively an uh L- lgbtq uh, crowd um, okay. and it was purposely done that way um, and uh, some of the comedians clearly were in, in the community you know um, and uh, and you know me like I, I, I don't I, I struggle to be around people just in general um, and not to mention comedy shows because mm-hmm. I just I, I cringe at like when I get uncomfortable when somebody's like bombing. Like I, I get like I can't I can't stay here. I can't watch this. This is like watching a car accident and not being able to do anything about it. Yeah. Um. 
And so I was skeptical, not because of all that, but because I just generally don't necessarily enjoy comedy shows when I don't know like the people ahead of time. Like it's different if I know a fucking Kevin Hart's coming to town. Okay, you know what you're going to get with Kevin Hart if fucking, you know, Hannibal Burris. Yeah, um, somebody comes to town where that you know. Is it Ali Wong? Ali Wong, yeah. yeah if yeah. Ali Wong would come, you you know generally what you're gonna get. Amy Schumer comes, you know you're gonna yeah. get Ali Wong's jokes. I know that I'm not gonna go to that. Amy <laughs> you Schumer know you're gonna really get Hannibal Burris's <laughs> jokes. Yeah, you're at least gonna get shit you if, like. If you go yeah. to Amy Schumer's show, you're gonna get a bunch of other yeah, comedians yeah, yeah. that you like stuff. So it's, it's a very uh, collage, a collage. Yeah, yeah. It's of like other... a, it's a buffet. Right? You get a little bit of everything. Um, okay, so uh, so I'm at this comedy show, and to my surprise. I've, I'm loving it because the, the comedians that are up there, they're fairly funny. Um, a lot of them are kind of green in terms of like, you know, you could tell that either they don't do this that much or they are just starting out. Some of them, I think a couple of them were kind of seasoned uh, or and seasoned as I could think that they are. But uh, but, we're, you know, had been, this is their thing. Um, long story short, we get to the end of the show. Right. And we had basically survived the whole night without anybody seeing anything that was overtly like disturbing to anybody else, right? Like maybe there were a couple of jokes in there that I that I thought somebody in here has to have a problem with this, like yeah. clearly, right? But we, we had essentially survived the whole night without being that being a big thing. Get to the end of the night, um, and so just to give you a, a setup of the, of the layout, uh, so there are tables uh, around the stage. Um, but it, it only goes to about two thirds of, of uh, its way around the stage. And then there are just chairs set up like almost like a, you know, aisle seating. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, these steel chairs and in the far corner of those steel chairs, it's sitting in the front row of that is uh, is uh, a um, uh, is a person. Right. Um, now, considering that this was LGBTQ community and and. You know whether you're you uh, couldn't trans. tell if it was a man or a woman. Essentially, yes. Just uh, say it, motherfucker. Yeah. Well, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Look, I, I'm not the best when it comes to terminology, so I, I try to like I, I try to stay away from that. I try to address people as person, they, them, because that's how people want to be addressed. Yeah. But anyways, um, it was either Caitlyn or Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Both. Okay, all right. Going fast. <laughs> is, is that the uh, stuff that makes you cringe? That, <laughs> yeah. that, I love that shit. Uh, we might have to, uh, we might have to do some editing just, to do just, on yeah, this just, episode. Yeah. When I say that, it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, bleep that up. Um, uh, so, so, anyways, so, uh, and they're at the far end, right? So they're clearly, they want to be, you know, they want to watch a show and enjoy it, and they are, right? But they also are, you can, like, kind of, anti-social a little bit right mm-hmm. because it's like you're literally just sitting on the opposite end of where and there all the other chairs are empty there's, yeah there's like a couch in the back of that that there's some people on but they just they're too cool for school and so they're sitting in the chair it's know, very interesting right because yeah. like, comedy is also like you know your surroundings right the people yeah. you're laughing with yeah. uh, so that person isolated themselves but still wanted to enjoy the, enjoy show. the show so it's a very interesting dynamic right because this person's enjoying it but clearly they some sort of social anxiety right mm-hmm. clearly right or maybe not maybe i'm just making that up i don't know either way they're alone um this last woman that's up she goes up and she's doing her set and i'm not gonna lie to you it's it's not a very good set in fact it was probably one of the worst sets. And, and it's weird because she was like a very polished. You can tell she's done comedy plenty. 
So the way she delivered the jokes were great. Mm-hmm. Their jokes were just garbage. <laughs> they just were not funny. They were not insightful. They were they're nothing. They, yeah. they were just very stupid jokes. Um, and so, but she gets to this one point where she's like talking about what was she talking about? She was talking about she was talking about like liking something or I don't I forget exactly what the fuck she was talking about, but she wants to use somebody in the audience as sort of like her you know hey you do this as well right lo and behold she points to you know uh our person at the end yeah, the, of, the, of the set of chairs the, the, the singular and you don't do that as, as a no, seat you, you, you pick someone in the middle of the crowd you don't pick the loner let me but let me because you would think that would be the case right mm-hmm. clearly she didn't think that so she points this person out and she opens with well, this woman knows how I feel. And, and then she stops herself, right? Yeah. And she goes, oh, no, I meant a uh, person. So she admitted like, oh, hey, I fucked something up. Yeah. But instead of moving on, she just keeps addressing the fact that she fucked it up. Mm. And so the person sitting in the chair is like. Now they're very uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. So then so she's she's and then she's slowly trying to go back to her joke. But then the person just gets up and leaves. And it's it's not it's not we're not in a place where that's unnoticeable. It's like evident. Yeah. Like, you, like know? you hear the you hear the chair slide <laughs> back like, and they get up and then you, and you hear them walk across the room. You are, you, it's almost as the if the squeaky door in the it's back. It's almost as if you were there. That's because that's exactly how it was. Yeah. And, and so and then after the person leaves. She's still talking about it. And she's like, oh, oh, she was trying to talk about how she has like scoliosis. Mm-hmm. Somehow that was a part of her joke. Very stupid joke. Uh, it, but she was trying to draw sympathy for herself over this person. And, and But I'm saying all this so, to say. Wait, give me some context. Was, was she like, say, oh, I, I, I meant person because, you know, we're, we're all people and not it, essentially she, by but, gender. Yeah, yeah. Or, or she she just kept, and, and I almost kind of tuned her out in a way because I was, it was just so cringy that I was just like, Make yeah. it stop. I would just wrap it up. It was like, I almost wish I had that Dave Chappelle fucking box where he's like, wrap yeah, it up. Wrap B. it up, B. <laughs> <laughs> wrap it wrap up. It you know up. what I mean? Um, because it was just that, like, just stop talking about it. Just just move on, you know? That's all she had to fucking do. And, and But I say all that to say that you never fucking know what's going to trigger somebody else. And we all like to use trigger as like, Okay, if you're like kind of being sensitive about some shit, you're triggered by it. Yeah. Truth is, we all get triggered. Like, so here's what I wonder: whenever somebody says, "Oh, you're easily triggered, man. You're easily triggered." Okay, cool. Um, hey, um, I fucked your mom last night, and her vagina smelled like sewage. How do you feel about that? Is that funny to you? It's funny to me. How do you feel about that? Well, but so again, like something like that, though. Yeah. That is. Um I would say, even if someone was like, hey, that's funny to me, that's my humor, right? It's something like that is extremely directional and extremely personal. Like, I fuck your mom, right? No, but but I think that's what I'm trying to say is you don't know what's personal to somebody. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, the fact that she uh, messed up the the pronoun. Now, now, yeah, this thing was very uh very much about that person and their right. gender but imagine identity. imagine somebody on stage being like man what's up with all these fucking pronouns they them that where when hi whatever the fuck it is right i don't want to do any of that shit that's just like a general comedy set but imagine people in the crowd who are in the community and saying 
that's my fucking identity you're talking about. This is something that it yeah, matters but, to me. So so that's so I, I in that case I would say fuck those fuck that person yeah. in the audience who's internalizing a joke that is meant to be general. Now if if a comedian is on stage and they're telling that same joke like oh about these like they them person blah, blah, right and they're telling one of those gender identity jokes yeah um and they highlight someone in the crowd who's you know maybe someone who, who's you know transgender or what or uh, gay straight whatever it may be right yeah if they point to that person in the crowd and as they're telling this joke sure you know that's more directional if that person like internalizes that or mm-hmm. feels offended, I can understand that. But mm-hmm. if it's just a general joke and someone in the crowd chooses to internalize it, get the fuck out of the show. Let everybody yeah. else enjoy comedy, right? And mm-hmm. and and I can I've heard black jokes that um, were just more so general, just like about the black community or black culture or shit black people do or say. That shit is funny. But what is who's making most of those jokes, if not all of those jokes? White people, Asian people, black people are making those. Jokes, no, I've right? heard white. Some of the funniest black jokes I've heard, name, honestly, have come from Louis C.K. One, okay, I'm not gonna lie to you. Louis C.K. is literally just an outlier of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he, for some reason, he just doesn't give a shit about he anything. Doesn't he fuck. doesn't give a fuck. And, right? and, and at the same time, we know Louis C.K. is not. You know, he's not sexist he's not racist I, I, he's, look, a, he's look, a fucking creep I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie he'll to you. jerk off right next to you well, but well, well that's just it is, is i don't know do we and, so, and, and, I, and i'm not saying that to be malicious towards louis ck i'm saying that because we think okay they're just up there doing a comedy routine mm-hmm. they don't mean the shit that they're saying right and i'm not saying that i'm trying to take every joke as like oh my god what is that an indication of that's not yeah. what i'm saying what i'm saying is we don't actually know these people and well, i'm not well, and, I, uh, and i use louis ck for this specific example because i've heard um like i've seen several interviews he's done on tv where um obviously he jokes a lot about race and religion and gender and all that stuff in his comedy mm-hmm. um and i've seen him address it in like one-on-one interviews and he you know he keeps that same energy where you know, he's like, hey, this this stuff was I said was in humor, but like this is how I truly feel about these things. And um, I, I got to I got to share the link with you. He most he not it wasn't the most eloquent way to put it, but he he talked about um, I think they were talking about like the whole like Black Lives Matter and maybe like anger within the black community. Right. And he put it so well of like why um, someone in the black community may be, especially like an older black person, may be mm-hmm. still kind of like have internalized anger about everything that they're seeing going on in the world today. Mm-hmm. He was talking about how like um, segregation was only like 70 years ago. Like so someone who's 70 years old, 75 years old, lived in that shit. So they mm, kind of have a reason to be upset. Yeah, I think I think the joke he was making was like white people add a hundred years to slavery, <laughs> or to when slavery ended every yeah. year. It's like you know, 2017 is like, oh that was 400 years ago. 2018 is oh that was 500 years ago. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, it was like one of those things where it's yeah, like yeah. then you see, all right, hey, this person you get a window into you, you get some perspective pers- that, and that way you can detach yourself sure. from feeling personally about their jokes. Sure. Yeah. I, but I, I think we do, I think fundamentally disagree in terms of like, in terms of if, if something is generalized versus being more directed towards a specific person or a specific group or whatever the case is. Um, I think that my, my whole point is, and, and I, again, I don't really know where I, I stand on this, you know, <clears throat> 
I thought I did for so long in terms of like, okay, like people on stage doing jokes, just fucking like, just leave them alone. You know what I mean? Like it's, if it's like, if the comedy is not for you, it's not for you. Yeah. But the problem is, is okay. Like if I'm at a comedy show and they're like, man, fuck those Nigerians, you know, these goddamn Nigerian princes. It's like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Um, but then if they start saying, man, those guys are just, you know, they're all rapists, you know, they all rape people or, and I'm, yeah. I'm telling a sh- shitty joke. And but I mean, like, and, and that is like a general statement, but it's, it is a very malicious statement. And, and but, but that's just it is what can we like, how are you going to tell somebody else what's malicious and what's not? Are you the arbitrator of so all malicious acts? Yes. N- no, but like there is, you know, I think, and you know what? And I may be a little bit forward in saying this, but, we can fucking tell if you're saying all Mexicans are, are rapists, yeah. malicious. If you're saying all Mexicans, when they get drunk, they can't dance for shit. Right. Like not ne- no, necessarily that, I mean, those, malicious those are stereotypes, but I, I see it not as different to this or that. I think it, I see it as a spectrum, right? Like, or okay. I, I guess rooted in negativity and malicious. Well, I think well, let, let me let me give kind you of d- determine those things. Perfect example, or not a perfect example, but uh, an example nonetheless. Uh, this guy Steve King, who he's a congressman, who like I think this week he had some comments that he made, but he has a fucking clear history of saying racist shit, right? Mm-hmm. Clear history, right? But they're all they're all rooted in. You can't really definitively say that I said this, even though wink wink. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. You yeah. just say shit that is just like, yo, come on, like that's clearly fucking racist. What you just said, yeah. But you're like, no, I didn't. What did I say? Like, I just, you know, I just said that, uh, you know, all black people like watermelon and uh, love chicken, you know, fried chicken. Um, but like he would, and that's what he would constantly do is just cloud whatever he said in yeah. that. Ambiguity. I don't even get mad at that yeah, stuff because no, no, it's it's because we do love watermelon and chicken. Fair. Actually, I, I'm not the biggest watermelon fan. In yeah. the world, yeah, watermelon's good as fuck. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I mean, and so that joke comes from like history, yeah, history right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you understand the history of African Americans and watermelon, you yeah. know why. Um, that joke is has you know again historical context, sure. but it is also kind of funny, yeah. and why certain groups throughout history have used it as like a somewhat of a, I guess, a weapon. Yeah. Um. But but my whole point in talking about him was is that I, th- I think that what you said is a way for people to get out of the obvious shit that they're saying. That's why we can't just point to somebody and be like, you're racist, right? Why we have to approach it from that thing you said was kind of racist, mm-hmm. right? Um, because if we go to them and say, you're racist, the easy way out is literally what you just said of, it wasn't malicious. I wasn't being malicious in what I was saying. I was just stating something that people know as a, uh, what do they call it? It's not like a colloquial truth. It's like um, uh, what do they say? They it, say it, it's like a, just like um, it's just us people know this. Like this is just what people know. It's yeah, just the standard. Well, so thing. here's the difference. Yeah, if I, you know, if at a if this thing is said at a you know the whole blacks and watermelon thing, right? If it's yeah. said at a Senate committee hearing, <laughs> yeah, no, inappropriate. Okay, if it's well, why though? Why the fuck are you? No, I, I, and making, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that because. I don't believe it's outrageous that you would say that. <laughs> I'm saying that because it's like, well, why does the venue matter? Because if I go to a comedy club yeah. and a comedian in the the nature of humor, if Jeff, Fo- Jeff Fo- Foxworthy comes out and is like, man, these blacks sure do like watermelon. 
you're telling me you're going to be like, yeah, that's cool. Oh wow! If Jack, if if it's funny, if if he has like jokes and and you know situational humor to follow that, yes. Larry the Cable Guy. Um, uh, I was watching his thing one time. I think he uh, made a joke about like you know black people do this, white people do that. It was like one of those jokes, which you know. But I can almost guarantee you, it put the black people in a better light than white people. I can guarantee it. There's no way Larry the Cable Guy is fucking making man black people sure know how to play basketball but they sure can't fucking you know go to yell or like his he didn't make that joke you know what i mean if the joke is funny yeah even if it's like you know uh, emphasizes a stereotype or whatever yeah. like i can laugh at it i've laughed at white or asian com- uh, comedians telling black jokes that don't put black people in the most positive light i've laughed sure. at them because comedy is comedy Right. Yeah. No. I, I'm um, but again, in this case, like, if it happens at a Senate committee hearing where this is not the time for comedy, and this is definitely not the time to be telling like racially um, uh, charged jokes, um, you know, again, that's why the venue matters. If I go to a comedy club, I'm signing up for this experience. I may not get exactly. So what let's I go want. to a neutral place. What if you're at work? Or I guess as neutral. I mean, but again, work is um, because the workplace is it's, you know, it can be so diverse. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you go to work, you know, you sign up to do a job. So you don't think that's a place to make, you know, the workplace is not always the place to make jokes. Hmm. Right. Now, light, very light humor. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't think that you should just be able to say whatever jokes you want to say in the workplace i don't i think yeah. it's sh- you should be a little bit more conscious of who you're saying it what about around and when um school again another place where it's it's uh it's very diverse in terms of you know gender and religion and age and whatnot you know school what if you're just at the store randomly if i'm at, if I'm at the grocery like, you can't really control like certain public spaces yeah. right if if a but group, I, I think that's like it, i think you're kind of proving my point for me though no no it's Comedy is, you know, and I'm talking about comedians, right? Because going yeah. back to the whole Chris Rock thing, he's saying comedy is kind of under attack and comedians are in this space where um, they have to filter themselves, right? So if I'm at the grocery store, if I'm at school, if I'm at work um, and, you know, a joke is told, those aren't necessarily jokes being told by comedians. These are people I work with or um, I mean, comedians are just people, too. And so I'm sure they started out by just telling jokes randomly to random. Yeah, people. sure. But what I'm saying is. Comedian, comedians who are, are doing this as their profession. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go to a comedy show to see a comedian, mm-hmm. you're paying money for their uh, their um, what is it? Uh, their expertise in that area. Right. Sure. This person's funny. They're yeah. a comedian. Bang. Now, if I'm at work, you're not you're not. You work in accounting. <laughs> Why are you making uh, jokes about Middle Eastern people? Yeah. Like, nothing. You know, run the numbers, you know, <laughs> and get that to me before five. Like, yeah. I don't need your comedy here. This is not a comedy club. Mm-hmm. If I want so that. Is it is it only. And, and, and I think the reason why I'm saying why I'm keep bringing up all these examples is because, again, I don't think we live in a vacuum. Like, I don't think I think the office is a perfect example of like. So Michael Scott saw Chris Rock's routine uh, 
you know, uh, when he was talking about like the difference between black, uh, was it the difference between black and white people? I think so. Yeah. Or, or I, something. I'm pretty sure I remember like that, that episode or, yeah. or something like that. And so he comes in the difference between a black guy and a white guy. And like, and, and it's just like, okay, so you're telling me that I can go to a show, enjoy the comedy. But if I want to like repeat the, the, the joke, then I have to like start thinking, Oh shit, where am I at right now? But then that goes to the heart of what I'm saying is, you know this like i i'm with you and i and i understand what you mean like if i if i pay money and i'm going to go sit myself in a seat and i know at least something vaguely about the person that i'm going to go see then why the fuck would i just be like oh this thing you said is so offensive to me like you know it's like i've uh, this is what i'm if i'm if i'm gonna go pay a ticket to go see louis ck i know what the fuck i'm gonna get anything is gonna come out of his mouth at any fucking moment yeah i have zero control about it all you all i have to all i can do and, and is sit you back are and offended, enjoy the fucking ride don't ruin everybody else's experience because sure. you I'm, I'm always I'm, individually I, offended. I think under all circumstances i stand by that in terms yeah. of like i'm not gonna like condone standing up being like this is offensive this is an outrage i'm out of here those people i wish like a fucking claw would come <laughs> down from the ceiling grab them and just eject yeah. them from the room like yeah. they should have that you yeah. know like those things at the mall you put 50 cents in then the yeah. claw comes down and you try and get the football or the the doll i want one <laughs> of those things up. to grab people at comedy shows who want to ruin the environment yeah. but like just just to wrap up this part it's kind of sure. it's kind of like this right yeah. you know comedy the strip club those are safe spaces right <laughs> you know if i go to see a com if i go see a comedian at at, at the comedy club <laughs> I, i'm there to see jokes right yeah. but if i see that comedian at starbucks i'm not going to be like give me five jokes like you know give me those jokes yeah they're, they're like yo i'm getting a fucking latte <laughs> i'm not working right now right um but you know, at the comedy club, like that's where they tell comedy. That's where they do their job, right? And and if you go there, uh, you have to. You you can't be sensitive to what you're hearing. Now, if that comedian does decide to tell you jokes at Starbucks and you get offended by it, maybe that's what you signed up for. Maybe they should have been a little bit more conscious to their space, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're telling you, or maybe not if you're offended by it, but if somebody else, like behind the counter. Or one of the other people who's there to get a coffee is offended by yeah, the joke. Yeah, like that. They didn't sign up for that but experience. But if you go to the comedy club, everybody there signed up for but, that experience. So I, I think let so, me get the stripper okay. part in because you know I want to get this part. <laughs> that was why this was all set up. Yeah. It's all for the strippers. If I go to the strip club to yeah. see uh, Mercedes, right? <laughs> and you could have thought of any other creative uh, name so, other no, than so Mercedes. Yeah. The default stripper name Mercedes. <laughs> um, and I, I throw some ones at her. Why do you, you know, throw the ones appropriate. at her? You put them down gently. Is, yeah. Or do you crumple it up? And you just <laughs> no, the guys who go to the club, the guys who go and they crumple it up and they throw it at the girls. That's disrespectful. The claw should come down yeah, and, and grab get it. those motherfuckers <laughs> too. Yeah. Um, or the guys who like throw it really hard, like really disrespectfully. Like, yeah, yeah, you get the claw. Yeah, 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 yeah. chill the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if I see Mercedes and I throw you know. You know, throw some ones at her or whatever. Yeah. You know, safe space is what we all signed up for. She's yeah. wor- she signed up for that. She's working there. I I came. I got this money. Sure. That's what I signed up for. Yeah. If she is my barista at Starbucks the yeah. next day, I'll just throw the money <laughs> at her. No, like, you have a certain level of fucking respect. The environment does matter. For it, uh, and this is my only rebuttal, and then we can wrap this up. Although I think this is a very interesting conversation. Uh. That same thing is what we can apply to Colin Kaepernick, though, right? Or at least what some people would um, apply to Colin Kaepernick saying, hey, 
I came to the football game to watch football. I didn't came. I didn't. I didn't come here to see you kneel for the national anthem, right? Do what you're supposed to do. If that, if you, if you, they're paying you, that's like saying a comedian goes to the, you know, he. Uh, you're at a com- uh, uh, comedy show, and the comedian's like, "Hey, before this, sh- you know, before I get going, uh, during my set, um, I'm gonna take the first minute, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna kneel on it, you know, for all the injustices, and then people are just, you didn't pay for this." I didn't pay to see you kneel. I paid to make you make me laugh. That's what that's the, what the agreement is. I give you money and you tell me some goddamn jokes. You don't fucking kneel on the goddamn stage. So that's why I'm saying it's a very subjective thing. While you can say, okay, yeah, at the comedy store or the comedy club, you know, that's a safe space for comedians. It's like, yeah, yes and no. Uh, it's a, I believe that you should have the freedom to say whatever it is that you want and the people are you're you're buying into it. So therefore, like you, you literally you're paying your money to get in there um, to go see it. But then also, I think that you can't help like if somebody just decides to get up and leave and they were offended by something. I don't think you can really be mad at them. Now, if they make a ruckus, you know, upon exiting and they're like, this is offensive. You shouldn't say these jokes. I'm going to you know, like what I think they should do is maybe go ask for their money back. That's as much as I think should be done. Right. I think they have a right to do that. Now, if you sat through 75 percent of the comedy show, yeah. show that money's <laughs> mine. motherfucker. You I think there yeah. is a time limitation to that. Yeah. But I think that that's what you should do. You shouldn't get up and make a big and then ruin everybody else's night. You should get up, leave peacefully. Mm-hmm. Hey, this wasn't for me. But can I get my money back? Yeah, just you know? like you know, if you're a football fan and you know you don't like the kneeling shit, um, sell your season tickets <laughs> at uh, half off <laughs> to me, so and I can tell go to the game, that <laughs> and I can not stand on the national anthem and watch my team win. So uh, fuck you. <laughs> hey, we just solved the entire fucking thing. What do you what do you what do you feel about That's it? That's what folks? we do here. We solve yeah. social problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the the fade podcast. It's not just uh, you get a lot more than what you uh, what you bargained for here. You come yeah. here with a lot of baggage. We'll unpack yeah, yeah. it, fold it for you, and send you on your way. That was a bar. That was yeah. a bar. Hey, I, I say incredible things. Hey, hey, Rain, you're not you're not lying about that. You're not lying about it. one time for you. Yeah, that was a fucking yeah. bar. Hot um, fire. Yeah. Hot fire. Dialon. 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 All right. Let's let's move on here. Um, all right. So we've been yapping for a while. Uh, what do we want to do next? Sorry. Because we have a choice of doing a couple different things here. We can talk about Trump uh, and his. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm Trump. His I'm fast, trumped out. Ha- yeah. I think everybody's trumped, trumped out. out at this point. Uh, honestly, I think we. Uh, but we all need a break. We all need like. A, can he just go on vacation for like maybe like. Just like two months. Just be like, you know what, guys? Uh, you I think we crazy? all could use some separation here. Doing like the first year of his presidency, like yeah. literally year one. Yeah. Um, and he criticized Obama throughout yeah. Obama's yeah. entire eight years for golfing as much as he did. Yeah. During his first year, he yeah. golfed more than Obama did in eight years, yeah. right? I wish he would golf more. No, no. I don't think. Golf it's, more. It's, it's not just the golf. I, I wish he would just, hey, guys, I'm heading out from social media. I'm going on sabbatical. I'm going on sabbatical. <laughs> I wish he would take paternity leave. Melania's <laughs> <laughs> not even pregnant. But we just just take it. Stormy we'll should have. <laughs> she should have poked holes in that condom. Got pregnant. No, she should so, not have. So she, he, uh, he could get maternity leave. I don't suppose that. I think he would have stepped. Does the president get maternity leave? Paternity leave. Uh, well, I guess if, if damn, it's a guy, but then we'd have Mike Pence. Uh, leading the country, who's an even greater danger than Trump. I don't Trump, think he's a Trump greater is just danger. stupid. Mike yeah. Pence has 
the the political wherewithal Ooh. to be more effective. But I think nobody cares about Mike Pence. Like the reason why Trump is as popular as he is. We saw Vice. No one cared about <laughs> Dick Cheney, right? No, but Mike uh, but Pence also is the Dick Cheney of this. But he presidency. wouldn't. No, but he wouldn't be the Dick Cheney though. You don't case. think so? No, no. Think about Vice. He, uh, Cheney operated because George Bush was the the face of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Mike Pence would then be the de facto president. So it's just like he would he would for every shit that he would propose, do whatever. You know, uh, Cheney could hide behind Bush and be like, I don't know who y'all talking about, but this Bush guy is crazy, yeah. right? Uh, um, whereas Pence as he's been able to hide behind uh, Trump, you know, and it's not hard to hide behind Trump because he's just so fucking loud all the fucking time. Um, now Trump wouldn't have, I get where you're going, I, but I do still think Pence is just a smarter individual. Uh, he's not as, um, I mean, it's not that hard to, to be, be smarter. It's, it's definitely not, but he Trump, wouldn't, yeah. uh, cause the reason a lot of what Trump is trying to do is like getting, uh, such negative press and he's having such trouble getting a lot some of these agendas through is because he's so out front about it. Yeah. Um, he's so vocal about it. He's on Twitter about it. Whereas presidents in the past are just like, hey, we're we're gonna pass this bill. Well it's privately. a double it's a double edged sword. He's like in on some, Twitter. In some ways you would have hoped Obama would have been at least a little more like that in terms of a little more vocal for the shit that you want, right? Instead of just yeah. being like, oh, um, if we in this, in his uh, last four years, Medicare yes, I think Obama's last four years in office were like disappointing, because it's like, yeah. bro, like you didn't have you're not worrying about re-election here. Like, yeah. do some shit, make some changes that yeah, are be drastic. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah. you know, like well, you have nothing to to really worry about. Like yeah. your but legacy he's, he's, is yeah, cemented. Well, no, he's worried about the legacy. So, anyways, I digress. So we don't want to talk about the Trump shit. Uh, do we want to hop into the debate about Scorsese? Let's do it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a good one for you. Hey, we've got another fucking debate. All right. Last time we debated uh, what, uh, you know, is there any other superhero movie better than The Dark Knight? And I won by a landslide. My debate tactics were supreme. Uh, I don't know why it took so long to say Supreme. Um, uh, there was no ambiguity about my dub. I took home the gold. Uh, it's sitting up in the in the house right now. Of the belt, there's no belt. I'm just lying about that. Uh, your debate but, was about as shaky as your bragging is right now. <laughs> <laughs> Lackluster. It was shaky. <laughs> it just wasn't very good. Now, because um, of the way the question was worded, it's a very specific question and. Yes, you won that debate, mm-hmm. but you know, the bigger picture was minds to paint. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, all right. So we got another debate uh, uh, going on for uh, for tonight. Um, this time we're dis- discussing a very interesting topic. Uh, we are debating what is Martin Scorsese's best film. Hmm. I'm going to, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go first on this one. Um, I'm going, and, and I think this is where what we perceive, mm. um, or at least what our taste is oh, going to come wait, into play. I'm sorry, I should have I done this right before you started, but. Uh, that's supposed to be a gavel. Uh, I got to get a better effect. 
Yes. Let's um, <laughs> let's edit that part out. <laughs> All right. Go so, what what the position I'm taking here is just just entertainment. You know what was just a film that he made that was incredibly entertaining. Yeah. Now he has um, some certified classics. But one of the one of my favorite Martin Scorsese films is is mm. is okay. The Wolf of Wall just, Street. Okay. So and and I say The Wolf of Wall Street for many reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Again, just when when I'm looking at pure entertainment factor, mm-hmm. this movie was just so fun to watch. I mean, the cast was incredible. Leonardo DiCaprio, Jonah Hill, Margot Robbie, we had Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. um, just to name a few. I think the story that was being told, both being like a true life story, this is based off of like real events from based on a real person. Mm-hmm. They managed to tell his story very accurately as mm-hmm. far as I understand because the person who the film was about um, didn't have much negative things to say about the movie. Like he didn't you know, take out a hundred million dollar law defamation lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, so both accuracy, um, you know, how the film was shot, the story that was told and the entertainment factor, Wolf of, I mean, and I know we have good fellas. I know that I know there's taxi. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was thinking about going with the departed, mm-hmm. but if I had to choose, right, if I have all of those movies in front of me and I have to choose which one I want to watch every day for a week, Mm-hmm. It's gonna be Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. No, fair enough. That's my. I, I'm not gonna get too in depth. Case? Again, mine is basically just based on entertainment factor. What entertained me the best, but also had great writing, great casting, great directing, great story. Wolf of Wall Street. Fair enough. That's mine. Okay. Um. To uh, as I take the floor of the uh, the court, um, I would like to point everybody's uh attention to uh. Scorsese's catalog. Let's just go through uh, a few of the bona fide, just not even because we can't even say it's blockbusters, but just masterpieces that that is Martin Scorsese's got Mean Streets. All right, that was really his first sort of like you know hit movie. Um, Taxi Driver, as you mentioned before, New York, New York. Um, uh, you have After Hours, but I, I kind of hate After Hours to be tr- truthful. Um, the Color of Money, uh, like a Tom Cruise flick. Um, uh, Last Temptation of Christ, Goodfellas, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Casino, um, Gangs of New York, The Aviator, The Departed, Shutter Island. Hugo was not the best. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, and the upcoming The Irishman, which I, uh, which I actually, I uh, that was kind of the the reason why I was wanted to talk about this. Uh, that it's coming out on Netflix soon. Um, now, what's the constant? I ask you in pretty much all of those movies. Who's 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 always by his side? Who, Leo? No. Not Leo? Come on. I mean, Leo has done his fair share of movies with De Scorsese. De Niro. He's yeah. been the constant, right? Yeah. So you have to think back, okay. Well, if if he partners up with De Niro the most, right? Mm-hmm. And uh the, Are they like Belichick and Brady? Is that what you're trying to? They essentially are the New England Patriots of uh, filmmaking. 
is whenever they team up, they usually don't miss. Whenever they're on the same team, they don't miss, you know? No. Um, okay. So we know that that's the squad, right? So then we have to pick, okay, if that's the best squad, if that's your squad A, what is the best that squad A has to offer? Now we could go easily to the Goodfellas, and I'm sure that's what a lot of people would go to, right? Because I actually consider the Goodfellas to be maybe the best movie I've ever seen in my life, right? Mm -hmm. But when I look back at the catalog of Martin Scorsese, there's one movie that jumps off the page to me as the moment when it's undeniable what he means to cinema because of what he did with this film. I've got to point to the 1980s. I don't even know if classic is even the word I'd use, but it's the one I'll use nonetheless. Raging Bull. I still will haven't say, seen it. I'm not going to lie. I, there's a lot of people who haven't seen it. And I hadn't seen it up until... That was the, here's Johnny. That was that? No, that... No? <laughs> that is not that by far. What was that? Was that? <laughs> that was uh, The Shining. The Shining. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> and that, that wasn't the That was either. Jack Nicholson. That was, that was Jack Nicholson. <laughs> way off. And that was Stanley Kubrick. Uh, <laughs> yep. So I'm like completely uh, <laughs> off. Um, no, no. Uh, okay. So uh, Raging Bull. Um. Uh, so Raging Bull tells the story of uh, Jake uh, is it Lombada? Uh, Ryan Scorsese. Dang, what is it? Yeah, Jake, Jake Lombada, um, who was essentially he was like an Italian boxer mm -hmm. uh, from back in the day. And so obviously Robert De Niro plays Jake Lombada. Um, the reason why I'm putting this movie at the forefront, right, is because if we look at so like let's let's go through a box office for 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 starters, right? If we look at uh, Scorsese's hits, right, let's look at um, okay his highest grossing film of all time, and that's through you know theater openings and it, it's run theatrical run and then you know just uh, lifetime gross uh, is The Departed, which uh, grossed over 132 million. Um, now you have some movies on there that predate uh, the the film that I want to talk about. The one movie that predates it is another film in terms of its age compared to uh, uh, you know the the all the movies that you know Scorsese had, and that's Taxi Driver. Mm -hmm. That was the uh, essentially not the first outing with him and uh, De Niro, I don't think, uh, but that was that's the one that everybody points to is taxi driver, right? Taxi driver is this existential crazy film. Have you seen it? Um, I've seen bits and pieces. pieces of it. Again, I've not seen the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, it's just a weird fucking movie. Uh, and, uh, it reminds me of the movie. What movie did we watch recently? That was sort of like taxi driver, uh, where the guy just does a lot of crazy shit. Oh, uh, Oh, it's not a movie we watched. It's a movie I watched. Uh, I watched the. Uh, bless oh, you. Excuse me. Uh, what's this? What's it called? What's the movie with uh, we, uh, First Reformed with um, what's his name? Ethan Hawke. Uh, anyways, I digress. So, Taxi Driver does uh, outgross Raging Bull, um, but Raging Bull was essentially um, it, it was a movie that had a, a budget of uh, twenty three million, right? Um, or I'm sorry, 18 million. Um, and Taxi Driver, I think, had a, a, a higher budget 
than that. So its return, I think, was uh, a lot higher for Raging Bull than it was for Taxi Driver. Now, we could go by the numbers and we can play all that game. But what I think is the most important thing is the importance of the film yeah. to cinema. I can't, can't right? deny that. Wolf um, of Wall Street wasn't very, uh, it didn't give much to cinema. Yeah. Um, I think that's, you know, maybe one thing my argument was not necessarily missing, but I love yeah. where you're going with this. Yeah. Um, and I think that Raging Bull was the first time, because I, 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 I bullshit you not, right? I'm sitting in bed and I'm watching Raging Bull and uh, at the end of the movie, I'm in tears. The reason I'm in tears isn't because I just truly identified with the movie and it spoke to something that was, it's because he told such a beautiful story uh, that I felt the need to have tears in my eyes, right? Now, when I think back to Goodfellas, when I think back to Taxi Driver, when I think back to Mean Streets, when I think back to, I don't know, name any other Scorsese movie that you want to say, there's not one of them that made me have an emotional reaction like that, right? And I think that is always an indication of the powerful nature of a movie when it forces you into an emotional state like that, you know? Um, and Raging Bull did that times, like, I'm not sure if I've seen a movie since that made me react that same way. Um, and it's because of, and, and he did so many different techniques in the movie that were just, you know, uh, that just sort of magnified why he's such a great director. Mm -hmm. Like in terms of what, and it, it was the, one of the first movies that I remember taught me about sound in film of its use and non-use, right? When you would interject music where it's like blaring loud music to when you don't have a sound, like you're watching the image, but there's no sound to it. Right. It went from different extremes. And it was one of the movies that oldest movies that I can remember had that dynamic that was very clear and very evident and very purposeful. Um, and so you can talk about the techniques that were used. You, you can talk about uh, its emotional impacts. Um, but, but I think the thing that does it for me with Raging Bull is, is that it's kind of what you're talking about, that it's actually based off of a, a real life person, right? Mm -hmm. Jake LaMotta, right? Now they have since come out with a couple different variations of the, you know, a different like Raging Bull kind of esque, thing on, on Jake LaMotta's life they're all garbage right um <laughs> but it, the fact that this thing was a uh almost like a not a biopic pick but it, it was essentially just uh you know it, it was a movie about this person's life it the journey that he takes you through was so you you got the entire picture of this guy's life from when he's coming up as just a struggling boxer to when he's way past making it he's kind of like a has-been you know and in the middle he's at the height of his powers right and he does it so seamlessly that i think again i i'm almost yet to see a movie since that showed me somebody's life from beginning to end and all phases of it were fuck i'm invested and mind you i hate watching black and white movies i hate watching movies that i know are 50 30 years old whatever the case is because i'm like it's going to be a slim chance that i actually like this movie yeah this movie there was no ambiguity about it uh, one of the best movies i had ever seen in my life and that was what uh the 1980s were what that was 40 years ago 50 yeah uh, like 40 48 40 40 38 well, we're so we're that's like 40. 
It's like yeah. 40 years ago. Yeah. Um, it's like 40 years ago this movie was made, and there was no ambiguity that it's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. So, um, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, of the uh, audience, uh, I submit to you that Raging Bull is indeed Martin Scorsese's best film. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, there are other films that are higher grossing, but I think that this is the most impactful and most important and the best technically sound film that he's made. Okay. I rest um, my case. Do we know what, um, like, do we know, like, awards or anything like that? Or Actually, I think it did take home the Oscar. Uh, let me see here. Awards. Uh, Raging Bull was nominated for eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Director, Actor, yada, 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 yada. Uh, the film won two awards, Best Actor for Robert De Niro and Best Film Editing. The Oscars were held the day after President Ro uh, Ronald Reagan was shot by John Hickley, uh, who did it as an attempt to impress Jodie Foster. Oh, yeah. I remember that happened. Or I don't remember it, but I remember hearing about that. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much the only other awards that it... Uh, okay. Um, so I just want to throw out some of the ones for... Um uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. So uh, this film was nominated for five Oscars, mm -hmm. um, including uh, it, it. And I'm not sure if it won any Oscars for this movie, mm -hmm. um, but it was also nominated uh, for another 38 awards to which it did win. Um, and uh, just overall, 166 nominations um, domestically and internationally. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, a hell of uh, a hell of a film. I think uh, Leonardo DiCaprio won like best male performance for Golden Globes. Um, I think um, uh, Matthew McConaughey may have uh, been nominated for like best supporting male Why actress. Why should Margo he? He was in it for precisely he four was seconds. So good in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Margot Robbie, I think she was uh, best like female supporting actress or something like that. Um, sure. So again, overall five Oscar nominations, uh, thirty-three, uh, thirty-eight award wins overall, one hundred sixty-six nominations. Definitely in the books for like, you know, a highly awarded film. So. Now we have to debate, right? Yeah. Which one takes the W here for Martin Scorsese's mm. best film? Okay. Um, while I do think your film, and I think you may have said it best, was uh, truly a contribution to the film industry, to film in general. Yeah. Um, 40 years ago, this movie is still a great, right? Yeah. Um, 40 years from now will Wolf of Wall Street be so highly regarded will someone be talking about the Wolf of Wall Street in the same way that you've spoken about um, uh, whatever the fucking movie was <laughs> I don't even remember uh, Raging, Raging Bull, Bull. Yeah. I don't know uh, quite possibly Yeah. Um, but we're here today mm -hmm. we're talking about Martin Scorsese's best film Yeah. I still have to elect the Wolf of Wall Street for that award, mm -hmm. uh, best film, yeah. based off of, again, going back to entertainment value, why do most people, most people in the world watch a movie? Mm -hmm. Yes, some people want to learn something. Some people want to, you know, have an emotional experience. Like, I want to feel something. Yeah. Some people want, um, you know, to, uh, to, like, you know, show me something I've never seen before, like a place, a time, a thing. But most people want to be entertained. I think that's what film is, mm -hmm. you know, at its core. It's entertainment. Sure. You know, they want to inspire people, make people laugh, make people cry, whatever it may be, whatever your style of entertainment is. This film does that in in greater fashion. And again, I haven't seen Raging Bull, but I think if you put 
20 people in a room. You say, hey, which film would you rather watch? I think Wolf of Wall Street is going to take it. So uh, when it comes to best film or best movie, I think that takes it for those reasons. Um, best contribution to film, your award may take it. But, you know, I'm sick with my guy. Well, I, I think that if you did put 20 people in a room today, of course, yeah, I think they'd say Wolf of Wall Street because it's just a familiarity thing, right? What would you gravitate towards? Yeah. Is it the movie that sounds like an old, dusty movie that nobody wants to watch well, or the movie that you know? people of you random uh, demographics, age groups, right? Some older people, some younger people, people of different ethnicities and origins. Um, Yeah, in, in that case, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know that Wolf of Wall Street would take that because it's like, what would really be pulling them? You know, I mean, like everybody would kind of go to their neutral corners. The old people would most likely say Raging Bull because they remember, even if they didn't see the movie, they remember, oh, this is a movie that was like came back way back yonder yeah. uh, in, in my heyday. Uh, and I, I, I'm surprised you didn't mock me for saying yonder. But uh, good word. Yeah. <laughs> good uh, yeah. So uh, and then the young people, of course, would say Wolf of Wall Street. Now, my last uh, argument uh for why Raging Bull is Martin Scorsese's best film um, is that when you look back on your legacy, right? You look back on the things that you've done. You don't like, so for instance, like, like let's use Jordan, right? Michael Jordan as, as an example, Jordan is a legendary basketball player, right? But I can almost tell you that the, it, it's not the night that he scored, you know, 60 points or some shit, you know, or, or the flu game, you know, uh, it's not that, that he's going to point to as his shining jewel, right? What he's going to, what is he going to point to those six rings, right? Because that's what makes Jordan Jordan, right? If you're, if you're talking about best films, right? Sure. You can put Wolf of Wall Street into at least the realm of the conversation, right? And say, okay, he did some interesting things in Wolf of Wall Street. We were highly entertained watching Wolf of Wall Street. It's another thing when you can move the compass on cinema as a whole, right? With a movie, right? And Raging Bull does that. When you go down the list of best films of all time, Raging Bull is at the top of everybody's list. Not because it's pretentious to put it up there, because they fucking watched a movie okay, and so, realized what they were watching. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna back you into a corner here for a okay. second. Yeah, uh, we're talking about. I love that you use the Michael Jordan reference because I'm gonna I'm gonna take this really quickly. Okay. okay. Um. So, what ring was? <laughs> Because, you know, even Michael, I'm sure, has to have a favorite ring. Hmm. Okay. What ring is Raging Bull yeah. to Michael Jordan or to Scorsese? I, I get, I get, the, I get the, the metaphor. Uh, what ring is it? It would be a toss-up between two. It would be... Uh, no, give me the one. Hmm. Or Better yet, I'll give you mine. Okay. I'll give you my... Michael Jordan, and this because this is his most entertaining win, right? Yeah, I'm gonna give you the Michael Jordan, the push off, the mm-hmm. controversial push off on Carl Malone. It wasn't Carl Malone. Um, it's Russell. Uh, was it? Was it Russell? Yeah, it was Russell. I thought it was Carl Malone. No, it was Russell. Anyway, the controversial yeah. push off with the game winning shot, sure, and then the, you know, the 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 fist, the flexed arm at the end where she's like, oh, I got yeah. that. Now, again, yeah. wh- that's the most entertaining mm-hmm. win to watch, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, 
whenever they show highlights of Michael Jordan, that's one of the ones you're always going to see that in the Michael Jordan. Right. Montage. But what's the key to that? What did you just say at the last part? You're all it's the most entertaining one to watch. But who who shows that? Everybody. Right. Now, is Mike out there saying, hey, guys, that that was my most that was my best championship. No, Mike's not saying that. But and here's. I, now, look, are I, we arguing what Scorsese's just, best film is? I just is? let you. I just or what let we you think go his on. best film is. Just, go, go ahead. We we are arguing about no, no. I and and one can argue that I think that I am kind of arguing what he believes his best film is, right? Because I, I, I you know, it, sure. What what's my favorite Martin Scorsese film? Goodfellas. I think that's my favorite. But what's his best in terms of the work that he's put out? I'm going to have to say Raging Bull. Now, when we compare it to Michael Jordan, right? What I'm going to say to you is I know to Mike personally, mm-hmm. it, it, was it Detroit was his first championship? Yeah, I think where they beat the, the, the Pistons, the Detroit bad boys. Or whatever yes, called. Yeah. that was his most important, right? Because that's the one he struggled the most to get, right? That was the hardest one to get. It wasn't entertaining. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't a game winning shot to end the series. Or at least I don't know. I don't remember the series all that well. Um but what it was was earned. He earned it, right? And he put in the work to get that. Like he failed the years prior to it, but that was the year that he took it. And it's my declaration that Raging Bull is Mike, uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, 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 championship win against the Pistons because it's the greatest display of his professional ability, even if it is not the most flashy of his illustrious career. I rest my case. Hey, fair enough. Um, hey. So, and, and again, I think these debates are always fun because it's, <laughs> it's it's also about it's not just about like what defense you use, you know, yeah. to defend uh, to either defend your film or to position it as the best, yeah. but about the um, position you take or the yeah. angle that you take. Right? Yeah. Your uh, position was like, hey, I think this is Martin Scorsese's best film because of. It's contrib- both its contribution, it, it's it's writing, it's directing, the storytelling. My angle was um, entertainment value. Like what film was just the most fun, entertaining to watch, but still had those elements of writing, direction, great acting, all those all those mm. things that makes it. Yeah, a good so movie. that paints our ability to say what his best film is because it means that mean can mean two different things to us. Yeah, yeah. like to. It, We'd we'd have to write down exactly what our the categories the, are. The categories and were, and you, we'd have to check those boxes. Yeah, yeah. But that's not fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> just to say it, just that's randomly not fun. It's not fun if is the best. Yeah, yeah, I still think yeah. I'm gonna stick with Wolf of Wall Street. Like if yeah. I were to put on any Martin Scorsese movie today, yeah, it would be Wolf of Wall Street. Well, okay, so then do me a favor then watch raging bull i will then, i will and then we can really decide at least we can yeah ma- uh, maybe we'll have another him. like a scorsese um uh a scorsese class yeah, yeah you know yeah uh, on one of our monday uh, film, yeah, yeah, school, our film sessions. school sessions yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we focus on um a particular uh director writer producer someone yeah, like what martin do, scorsese yeah. who has been uh, who's played many many roles throughout the uh his his years in, in film 
or yeah, or he he's he's directed a lot of different things, and you know he's he's had a lot of roles in terms of like being producer, being director, you know yada yada. He's had his hands in a shit ton of pots. Uh, either way, whether you think it's uh, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, fucking uh, Raging Bull, or anything else you guys can fucking think of that uh, that are his uh, his best films, uh, fucking just let us know, man. Let's talk about it. You know, like like uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the uh, what's the rapper? MGK. Hey, Machine Gun Kelly. We, we, we can talk about it. You know? <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So let us know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what your uh, favorite uh, Scorsese film is. Uh, what you think is his best? Whether you think it's Raging Bull or uh, Wolf of Wall Street or, like I said, anything else. Um, and we will definitely bring this back up again once we uh, when, once we uh, deem it necessary. Uh, with that, I think we uh, I think we put enough time today. I think yeah. uh, we gave them a solid uh, two hours. Uh, two hours of my dense. life gone yeah. <laughs> here talking about Soldier Boy, yeah, yeah. Trump, yeah. comedy, and Scorsese. Where would you rather be? Uh, Where I'd would you rather? Be? I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy we did this. I'm happy we did this. Uh, I'd rather be on that uh, nude beach in Brazil. Yeah, well, th- th- there's a reason why you're there, not there now. It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's Travel restrictions, uh, TSA. <laughs> you know. Yeah, there's no fucking TSA agents right now. They're you all. Know, I, sure. I wish you know. You know, I might start smuggling shit in to the country. <laughs> if there were a time would to, be to the smuggle, time to this would it, be yeah. now. You can get anything in through the country right now. Yeah, there, there's literally nothing you're not going to be able to get through right now. Like you're, you're going to yeah. be the coke. Uh, you know the uh, meth. Yeah, yeah, all of it's uh, all of it's good right now. Might smuggle in a fucking baby tiger right now, <laughs> sir. What's in that bag? Don't it's moving. There's a, you you hear the growl or the hey, Don't worry about it. Don't You've been on a job it. two weeks. Don't yeah. worry about it. You're not getting paid, are you? <laughs> all you gotta do, all you have to do is distract the TSA. They're like, yeah, um, yeah. is that a is, it, is that an animal in your bag, sir? It's like, did you get paid? Today? They're like, no, I didn't. This fucking shutdown. You know what? I'm on break. <laughs> and then bam, you, you you smuggled in a baby tiger. Uh, well, there you go. Hey, l- and uh, cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Lessons from the Fade Podcast: How to smuggle in tigers and cocaine. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, we have come to the end of the show. Uh, if you've rocked with us this long, we appreciate it. But do us appreciate a fucking kindness, kindness, kindness. <laughs> I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> do us a kindness and uh, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, smash that shit, uh, and show your support for the podcast. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll just uh, keep it pushing. Yeah, we at, appreciate at, it. At the Fade Podcast on uh, Twitter, everywhere, uh, Instagram, everywhere, all uh, places. You know, definitely hit that um, follow button on uh, iTunes, Spotify. Yeah, uh, comment with us, engage with us. If if uh, if you have a favorite Scorsese movie that we didn't mention, yeah. Uh, stand your ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not the Florida version of stand your ground. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, yeah, there your might case. be. Uh, yeah, you might be running some people in some yeah. uh, some problems. Um, there, yeah. But um, you know, let us know. Hit us up on Instagram. Uh, send us a comment. Um, tag us in. Yeah. You know, whatever. We, we want to hear from you. So yeah, most def. Check us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is uh, that is not the outro. That is the intro. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> you know I gotta screw it up at least outro yeah, outro <laughs> and with that ladies and gentlemen with the usual protocol fade out peace outro oh you gotta love it